0: Do you kiss your dog in the mouth? Is your cat sitting on your counter while you cook? We're talking about black people and pets. Shit we do, shit we don't do. History on black animal lovers and more. It's Tea with Queen and Jay. Drink up. And here we are again. What up? I was over here burping. It got weird. How are things? Are you okay? I... (laughs) Is it that weird of a burp? I'm okay. It just startled me. It was a very strange burp. It just startled me. Oh, okay.
1: I was like, she burps all the time. This is this must be different.
0: No, nah, I was like, what is this one? What is this sound? What is this feeling? Gotcha. How are you doing?
1: I am doing pretty good, actually. Like, refreshingly good. Nothing's happening, but it's just like... I guess whatever happens when those princesses wake up in those Disney movies and the birds are chirping and the animals are like... Oh, you having that kind of day? Yeah, I'm having one of those kind of days for no reason. Did you have caffeine today? Mm -mm. Caffeine isn't a great thing for me. I
0: don't. Okay. That's usually how I feel Uh, after a little bit of caffeine. I'd be like, yes, it's a day. (laughs) What is it a Monday? A Tuesday? I'm here for whatever (laughs) the day is. I think I just got enough sleep or something.
1: I don't know. I just feel like that. Caffeine Mm. makes me feel like You're on drugs, but this isn't the fun drugs. (laughs)
0: Like it's not <laughs> fun. Yeah. Yeah, so That's how I feel after I'm like, yes, <laughs> everything is wonderful. But I will say I do like caffeine better when I'm by myself. So since I'm like working at home, it's like fine. It helps. Gotcha. But I do feel zooted when I'm in the presence of others on caffeine. Then it's like, oh, oh, what's happening? What's <laughs> happening over there? What are you saying? What are you talking about? <laughs> yeah, it's a, whole, it's a whole thing. How are you doing? I feel good. I had a really good rest. It was short and I'm tired. But like my sleep was really good. I took my little melatonin okay. mm-hmm. and it hit hit perfect. It hit, right? It hit perfect. It'd be like you wake up, you be like, wait, I was sleep. <laughs> 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 <No>, it does. <laughs> that's how it felt. That's how it felt. It was good. It was it was good. Some nights it hits better than others. That was a good one. But that's because I probably because I hadn't been taking it in a while. Mm-hmm. So it was just yeah. like, mmm, tasty, <laughs> tasty hormones. Mm. Mm -mm -mm. (laughs) delicious
1: (laughs) welcome to to tea
0: with queen and jay we are two womanist race nerds talking shit over tea dismantling white supremacist patriarchal capitalism Mm -hmm. one episode Mm -hmm. at a A time time. i'm queen i'm jay and And this this is tea with with queen and and Jay. jay and
1: if you would like to follow the conversation being had on this here podcast,
0: podcast. You can
1: do so by using our hashtag, hashtag TWithqj. We also like when you use the hashtag pod in, and that allows other folks on that hashtag to find T and J podcast. If you aren't already, follow us on the social media. We are on Instagram and Twitter at T with QJ. Just follow us there. We are also on Facebook and Tumblr. Follow us there as well we want to hear from you we love to hear from you you can send us your email at t with queen and j at gmail.com you can send us any questions comments feedback silly things serious things all the things we love the things
0: Send us T-Mail. That's right. Every week we pour libations for the people, places, and things, giving us black ass, black joy. Queen, what are you pouring libations for this week?
1: So I am pouring libations for fresh flowers. I have begun to start buying fresh flowers just to have in my apartment and it's just like, they smell good. They just look good. It's just like, oh, this is a home. <laughs> That's the nice. feeling it gives me. Yes. And I actually started to, because I buy them, I buy the flowers from Trader Joe's because it's just easy and accessible mm-hmm. and affordable as hell. But I started actually making my own bouquets. So I like, oh, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So I like buy Okay, types. I've only done it once so far and I'm like, oh, I like this. Mm -hmm. So I just buy different kinds of flowers that I like. Then I get home and lay them out and cut them and put them in the vases and make little Mm -hmm. cute things. So it is like kind of nice and relaxing for me to have like a creative thing that I'm doing that isn't for like production or isn't for like the consumption of other people. Because, you know, Mm -hmm. we do a lot of creative work and it is hard to draw the line of like, oh, I like this. Should I make this a thing or Oh, this right. time you
2: gonna-
0: <laughs> shut up. <laughs> you know, I was like, Well, you already doing TikToks, I mean you might as well show them how you doing a flower. Like I like might do a one TikTok, but I would not right,
2: make it like right, a right.
1: thing. And it's it's very hard when you're in a creative space to draw the line of like, I just like this. And that's it, you know? Mm -hmm. It's hard to draw the line as a creative when you realize you're, like, good at something or you enjoy something. It's hard to draw that line of, like, this is just something Mm -hmm. that I like versus something that I could share with the people and become a thing or whatever. So, like,
2: flowers.
1: I guess making the bouquets would be that for me. Roller skating has been that for me. Like I don't share stuff on purpose because I want to keep it like in that way. Mm-hmm. And I guess thrifting, mm-hmm. but it's, I think it's important to keep some of these creative things you're good at or seem to be good at or whatever. Kind of you know, it's okay to have hobbies. That's what it is. I want to have hobbies. Right. So good for I have you. Hobbies. Good so yeah, for I'm pouring my mm-hmm. for. I guess my newest little hobby is to um, make flower
0: bouquets and shit. I like that. Yes. Yes. So like. You arrange your flowers. Do you Mm -hmm. have a schedule for when you water your flowers? And, like, when do you look up and say, oh, wow, I forgot about these flowers. They're dead. Or do you just not forget about them?
1: I don't. So, when I water, this is what I do when I learned this from the Googles, is I put Mm -hmm. the water. I also put that little packet of stuff that they add up, add Mm -hmm. that. And then I add ice cubes so that... As the water evaporates, it kind of waters it. Because it's just flowers. It's not like wow. plants. So I haven't been able to... Um, and it's not like the ice lasts for that long. Because it's ice cubes. Like It's yeah. not like it's going to be there for days. But it does right. help with kind of watering for me. Adding more water. So I don't have to think about it. And it's just you know flowers. So usually for me, they it, it last for about a week and a half to two weeks. Mm-hmm. And then I get... But I also I think it's because they're Trader Joe's flowers. I don't know what mm-hmm. they do. Do, but they do last for me longer than other flowers that I've sat in water or whatever. But I'm getting it for the aesthetic. Interesting. I'm not really getting them okay. for, like, the way that I do have plants in my house. And that's for, like, you know, greenery, oxygen, da, da, da. The plants are literally for Right. Thing. Yeah, yeah, so, yeah. So, yeah.
0: Interesting. All right. Well, good shit, yo. Good shit. <laughs> what are you pouring libations for this week? So, I have two libations. So, my first libation is for everybody who sent us love and support oh, about yes. the loss of our lecturing leftist luminary lesbian friend yeah. nikita yes. thank you so much for your love and support we appreciate you thank you to everybody who's been reaching out to the homie money over at queer walk podcast so thank you all it's still very hard but you know i'm know shit fucking quarantino pandemic mashup y'all know what death is like yeah so. mm-hmm. That's that. So, thank you all. My second libation Mm -hmm. is for the movie Army of the Dead. Now, there's mixed reviews. Okay. Lots of people don't like it. I love it. I have to say, it's a zombie film, it's on Netflix. I don't watch zombie movies. This might actually be my first zombie movie. I may have watched one in the past, like as a one off crapshoot kind of whatever. And that's when they decided
1: you don't watch them, probably. (laughs) (laughs) (laughs)
0: maybe I don't generally do horror as an adult person I'll do horror for like a political reason that's how I ended up watching fucking army of the dead right so So, so, like I watched Right. So so I watched, for example, I watched Get Out. I watched us like that shit is like, oh, wow, black people are doing horror. We're not all about to die. We the main characters. Yeah. I might like this. You know what I'm saying? So and I did enjoy those. The reason I watched this is because so Tig Notaro is a comedian and she replaced this other comedian in the film. And like all mm. through CGI, like they just popped him out, CGI'd Tig Notaro, and it was like a bunch of scenes. Like she's in the movie, okay, and she basically shot the whole thing by herself in front of green screen, wait, wait. right? Making sure. I so understand. I was intrigued.
1: Wait, so she she was alone the whole time shooting, and they popped it into the movie that already existed. Yes, there
0: was like one scene. Got yes. It. Okay. Yes, because okay. Because comedian Chris, I don't know if you say his name D'Elia or D'Elia or whatever. Oh, I think it is D'Elia. So Chris D'Elia is a comedian who was accused of sexual misconduct. I'm gonna just say that, but it's been a host of shit. It's all kind of, shit that, of shit that falls under that umbrella, but yeah. we're not here to get into that. Yeah. We're here for the fun, we're right? We're libating. We're so, libating right now. We're libating. It's not about that. <laughs> so he was accused of all this shit. He shot this whole entire movie. Usually, when these things happen, they will either scrap the movie. And it never comes out. We never get to see it. They will cut out the actor, the bad actor or whoever it is that's ruining the vibe. They'll cut that actor's scenes out. And then you get a movie that's like, oh, that was weird. Probably because they cut mm-hmm. out all so-and-so yeah. scenes. Or they will still play the shit. And then I can't watch it because my politics is like, I'm not watching that. Depending on where my politics are leaning in that moment. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So this, what to me, was so exciting because they actually, they did this thing that like, you never, if I was a creep, I would never shoot a whole film film and think like oh shit this happened I shot that whole film they're gonna pop me out and replace me I would just think oh maybe it won't come out I'm glad I already got my checks. da 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 whatever they popped him out reshot all his shit and replaced him with a 50 year old lesbian and I fucking love it okay <laughs> fucking Love it. <laughs> so I watched it specifically, specifically for this reason. And I don't understand looking at it. I was like, I don't understand what fun or value he would have brought. Like before I knew he was a creep, his comedy was fine. I was into it. I like comedy. It was, you know, it was cool. Mm-hmm. But in the context of the film, is already enough white guys. Yeah. You really are not that special, bro. Mm-hmm. You're not Jim Carrey. You're not like there are personalities, and it's like, oh, that's not just a white guy. That's so and so. He's just like a guy. Like I don't, you don't, you can be replaced with any funny yeah, white guy. We don't need this, you. I don't even know
1: who this person is.
0: Exactly. <laughs> but I know who Jim Carrey exactly. is. Exactly. <laughs> right. Right. And I, I know who he is because I like comedy mm-hmm. or whatever. But I don't know all the white comedy guys. He was popular enough. He was in a few. Oh, you know what? Did you watch you? Did you watch no. that? Um, okay, you didn't watch. Okay, so the, yeah, you'll you'll never know. Because I was yeah. thinking of all the other stuff that he was in. None of that shit you've watched. You might have watched you, but no. I
1: didn't get why y'all enjoyed watching The Stalker. That was weird to me. <laughs> okay. Y'all you know enjoyed The Stalker?
0: It was- I can't even explain to you why I enjoyed watching that but I did all right (laughs) I did and I wasn't sympathetic to his character I don't think Mm. I don't remember it was probably a dark time who knows okay I have lots of dark times but anyhow Mm -hmm. they popped him out like in terms of a character I just don't see what value he would have brought to it besides just being a funny guy Mm. or whatever right but like the essence of Tig just being a fucking 50 year old pilot or whatever, like, in a movie. It's just so rare to see people, like, she's she's a comedian, a writer, so she's been in stuff. Mm -hmm. But she's not, like, somebody that you think of and think of, like, all the movies that they've been in. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. Like, when I looked at her IMDb, I was like, oh, yeah, I did watch that. I guess she did have a role in that. It's like, oh, right, okay, that's right. Yeah, she was in that. But it's not like she be in all these memorable kind of roles. So it was good to see this person of a mature age, like be in some shit that we might not typically see them in, yeah, you know? Sure. So that's why I watched it. I had a good time. It's a Netflix movie. Those movies are never expected to be great. I thought it was fun. I thought it was a good enough story. I was entertained. I did see people on Facebook talk about how much they hated it and how bad it was. Mm-hmm. I was entertained. The CGI for me, popping a whole person in who was acting in front of a green screen by her whole self I was pleased. I thought it was great. I liked it. <laughs> it was a good time. It also kind of feels like it's a tinge of like revenge there because not only were you popped out and replaced, but there's all of this media about how you were popped out and and replaced replaced, you know what i'm saying Yes. so every time it does it does does. and that's why i watched this movie (laughs) and like every time she goes on an interview people bring it up like oh so you filmed they might not bring up his name but they're like oh so you filmed this you know all in front of cgi you were replacing someone or whatever and that's why i was like wait wait a minute what and then i looked it up or whatever but it's like it's just a just a sweet Sweet story. So that gave me that gave me joy. It did. It just it just made me feel made me feel good. Made me feel good. Sometimes like somebody else's you you just be feeling victory. Like other people's victories, you'd be like, Yeah, I can Mm -hmm. I can taste that. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. I can taste that. I can taste that. So yeah, yo. Uh it's called Army of the Dead. Watch it if you feel like it. I was entertained. If you are a zombie nerd. Maybe you won't like it. I wouldn't fucking know. I'm not a zombie nerd. I just had a good time. So that's my life. She was there for the patty in a delicious. I was there. And it delivered. And it delivered. Okay. (laughs) It delivered. Like she's not in the film a lot, but she's in it enough. There there were certain scenes where I forgot that I was watching this because she's a CGI. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. I forgot I was watching this because of this reason. Uh Because it just looked like she's in there with everybody else. It's good. That's good, but that's scary.
1: Why? Cause motherfuckers have the power to just CGI motherfuckers into anything.
0: (laughs) That's just scary. This is true. This is true. It did cost it did cost millions of dollars, but Okay, I like that it costs mad
1: money because that'll Mm -hmm. make it costly to CGI me as a party. I don't know.
0: right yeah it's costly but also anytime netflix spend mad money on something i'll be like so y'all could have paid y'all could have just paid monique then right all So y'all could've just could have paid monique all the time. i think about that all the time mm. but anyhow if they was gonna spend their money on something and not give it to monique this was a good time so that's my libation okay So those are libations. Mm -hmm. That's what's bringing us joy. Let's tell folks how they can support Tea with Queen and Jay podcast.
1: Yes. As always, take care of yourself first, but this podcast runs on your support. So there are two ways that you can donate to Tea with Queen and Jay. You can go to our website, teawithqueenandjay.com, slide down on our homepage, and there is where we have two options. Two. Our first option is our PayPal option, and that is where you can donate any amount at any time in our Second option is our Patreon option, and that is where we are asking for a monthly commitment of $2 a month. Two. You can give more or less, and we will appreciate that shit and give you a bonus episode every month. We also like it when you share this podcast on social media, tell a friend, rate and review us on Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen. All of that helps grow Tea with Queen and Jay. Thank you to everyone who has reviewed us on Apple Podcasts. We read all those reviews, appreciate all of those reviews. Please leave us a five-star review if you have not already, and thank you in advance to everyone who is on their phone right now giving us those reviews and five stars.
0: That's right. If you would like to sponsor us, if you'd like to hear your ad on Tea with Queen and J podcast or see it on social media, T-mail us at tea with Queen and J at gmail.com. If you'd like to hire us to speak virtually at your school or organization about white supremacist patriarchal capitalism, dismantling white supremacy in the workplace, womanism, black feminism, podcasting, or some other shit you've heard us discuss on the podcast, or if you'd like us to do a virtual live show or consult you or your team, send us your t-mail at twithqueenandj at gmail.com. Come, let's get mm-hmm. into some donation libations. Queen, who supported us this week? On
1: Patreon, we have Marquise, Shalom, Fire Goddess, viet Destiny, Joy, Rebecca, and the following patrons up there, Predge, Kayla, BK47, CJ Williams, Amina. Destiny and another new patron is Nikki. And Nikki says, I love you both so much. This podcast is such a breath of fresh air, wisdom, humor, truth, consciousness raising, and love. It's so informative and educational, and it's a privilege to listen to it. Being a new patron, I'm so glad I found you both. Jay, please don't let anyone bring you down. Queen, you are a gem. You are both treasures. Love the chemistry between you and then we also got Arlene and Arlene says thank you so much for yourselves and your content like water in the desert for this lonely black nerd Stuck in Suburban Seattle. Those were nice. Y'all came through. Yes.
0: Thank you to all the patrons. We appreciate you. We appreciate your support. And of course, whenever you support us on Patreon, we do put a bonus episode there every month to say thank you. Mm -hmm. All of our Patreon supporters are supporting this podcast that we do here on Tea with Queen and Jay for the free 99. So that is what that support goes towards. And our bonus episode is just to say thank you. So again, thanks to everybody who is supporting us on Patreon. We also got PayPal donations from Michaela who sent us a grip. Thank you so much, Michaela. It said reparations in the description. So we assume you are a white person and we thank you for that. If you want to know more about reparations and when to use that language, when maybe not to use that language and more detail about what that shit is, we had a really great conversation with the homie um, RIP Nikita. Yes. And so that is on our latest episode, episode 292 for anybody who wants to check out the conversation that we had about reparations what that shit is and when maybe to use or not use that language Mm -hmm. so there is that we also got a paypal donation from aisha and aisha says thinking of y'all since money posted that last episode sending love hugs and affirming whatever you need to get through this right now and that of course was again support of our just experiencing nikita's loss so thank you so much money again the homie over at queer walk podcast released the final episode that features nikita it's a really good episode per usual they have really great conversation about code switching and about quote-unquote talking white and it's in a way that i haven't really heard it discussed before political implications access all of that shit. so definitely check that out it's a great episode And then Jalissa hit us up on PayPal. And Jalissa says, for 2020, because I didn't pay. Okay, Thank you, Jalissa. Really apologize for not paying y'all sooner. No need. This is cool. Thank you. I am a terrible procrastinator. Jalissa, be easy on yourself. (laughs) My gosh. But I finally canceled my monthly makeup subscription that I definitely don't need. I haven't worn makeup in a whole year and became a patron. Now, if I can just get in gear to find a therapist, I'm gonna be set for 2021. Yes, I used, well, I have one therapist from somewhere else and then I used Open Pathways. That's the website, right? Open
1: Path Collective.
0: Open Open Path Collective, yes. Mm -hmm. To find a second therapist. So yeah, maybe check that out. Jolissa goes on to say, the work you both do means so much to me that I can't really say thank you enough quarantine has been bearable thanks to y'all doing the research sharing your lives and being so relatable love y'all thank you jolissa thank you so much
2: yes
0: all right. oh we are looking for a social <laughs> yeah, I was like, what happened? we're looking for <laughs> we're looking for a social media yes. manager um, a black person preferably a black woman um, anybody who identifies as a black femme mm-hmm. a black non-binary person yes. or whatever. Any of those, if you fall into any of those categories and you listen to this podcast, we are looking for a social media manager, somebody to post shit, somebody to fucking. If you know how to make audiograms, yes. that would be dope. Mm-hmm. If you are comfortable using Canva, that would be dope. If you have any experience editing a little bit of video here or there for the podcast Mm -hmm. for social media whatever that would be dope dope. hit us up let us know if that is something that you would be interested in doing and shoot us at mail at t with queen and j at gmail.com are you ready to get into the show yep i am
1: all right, all right, all right, all right, all right, all right, all right,
0: all right, all right. Queen, all right. what kind of tea are you drinking today?
1: I'm drinking green tea today. What kind of tea are you drinking?
0: This is a coffee day. Mm. So I'm having um, just some regular ass decaf. All of my café du <laughs> was drunk. <laughs> drank. It was drank by somebody who comes here and drinks my café du monde. So I didn't have any of that. Mm. But it's all right. Mm-hmm. I'll get some more. It's cool. No big deal. They need to I buy you some more. Anything. Cafe more. They need to buy you some more. They do. They, should, they like, do. Come on. They do. I would like that. I would like that. What are your pronouns?
1: She, her. What are your pronouns?
0: She, her, they, them. And separate from my pronouns, I'm not a lady. And what are you affirming for yourself this week?
1: I'm affirming that I am organized and everything is in its place um mean that doesn't just mean physical mm-hmm. tangible things just like the things are where they're supposed to be and that's just what it is right so yeah that's what i am affirming and what are you affirming for yourself this week
0: i want to affirm that my apartment will be clean this week mm-hmm. is it is it i don't even know what day it is tuesday wow really okay well i'm gonna affirm that anyway <laughs>
1: there's still mad week left
0: (laughs) i know i know i just i just have so much to do i have so much to fucking do yo anyway yes i'm gonna affirm that shit i want to affirm that my apartment is gonna be clean this week fuck that so that's what i am affirming Mm -hmm. speaking of shit to do i gotta take hennessy who is my dog Mm -hmm. uh to get groomed her nails are out of control she needs her teeth brushed what else does she you know
1: that's dog toothpaste i do that tastes like chicken supposedly
0: i've heard that i should get some she doesn't like me to do anything like that mm-hmm. but if it tastes like chicken she might be down. Yeah, that's what i was
1: thinking about because it's for cats too i was thinking about it Zena mm-hmm. does like chicken prefers the chicken foods over mm-hmm. the other doesn't don't like turkey Zena's my cat if you yeah know that. but yeah maybe get that too but she, she she'll probably get it professionally clean you know how we get it clean mm-hmm. once a year <laughs> Get Henny her cleaning
0: and then get her to... That's what she needs. She needs a professional cleaning. Yeah. Yeah. But speaking of pets, Mm -hmm. somebody... We talk about our pets on this podcast here and there. For people who have been listening for a while, you know, I have a dog named Hennessy queen has a cat named Mm xena and they are in very important parts of our lives so we talk about them a lot so somebody sent us a t-mail about black people having pets and we thought it was fucking interesting i think we all grew up with different ideas as black people about what pet ownership is what it looks like we're from the bronx so i know we grew up in apartments yeah and in Co-op City, we just could not have a dog. Mm-hmm. But pet ownership, there were a lot of people who had dogs in apartments, cats in apartments and things like that. So anyway, we thought this was an interesting letter. So we will share it with you. And so it's from Nishiva And Nishiva the subject is having pets. Neshiva says, thank you for all the great work that you do. Would you be open to talking about having pets? Having a pet has changed my life, especially as someone who didn't grow up with them regularly in the home. We had lovebirds, but they flew away. And one time my mom bought crabs for dinner and we tried to keep them. That didn't work. Okay. That doesn't sound like y'all thought that all the way through. But Dear kids. I kids relate. are so much fun. Yeah, right? <laughs> As an adult, having a pet, a small dog with personality, has taught me about my relationships with animals in general, pets having agency, and setting boundaries because pets have them and enforce them. How has having a pet helped you learn about yourself? Were there any ideas or preconceived notions you had about being a pet caretaker that have been dispelled how far are you willing to go for your pet life-wise ride or die wise etc lastly as black people there are a lot of stereotypes about our relationships with animals raising pets disciplining pets showing love etc have you found any of them to be true for you For context, I have a small dog. I wasn't raised with dogs in the house, no matter how hard we tried sneaking dogs in the house. My mother always talked about how dogs are supposed to be outside and not in the house. How white people are nasty because they kiss them in their face. Because no, because they let them kiss their face or on the furniture and how she would discipline them if she had one. She loves animals, but talked big, big talk about dogs back in Sierra Leone, not needing care or humans. Fast forward to today. That was all a front. She's a sucker. (laughs) She lets my 12 pound kava poo get away with straight murder, cooks him the finest foods, feeds him by hand. He has his own chair. Now he has a wardrobe. He's allowed to bark nonstop because she finds it funny. She undoes all the training I've done with him except for handshake because she loves handshake. Loves to judge me as a dog mom, letting me know when I'm being too strict. Takes him out of the kennel when I put him in. That is funny. She even let him kiss her cheek sometimes, even though he doesn't kiss in general. Having a dog around resulted in her sharing a story about how she had a cat when she was younger and the comfort the cat brought her when she was going through hard times. Also found out the family back in Sierra Leone had many dogs that were very well taken care of and were considered (laughs) members of the family. Even had burials when they passed. Yo, your mom straight (laughs) just like got over on you for years. This is hilarious. Thank you so much, Nashiva. Thank you for your letter. We appreciate you. We fucking love our pets. We yes. love talking about our fucking mm-hmm. pets. So we are going to do that shit. So growing up, mm-hmm. did you have pets?
1: I did. So most of our pets, though, were like things that could be in cages. So my mom mm-hmm. liked fish. And then but I guess back in the 80s, if you had a huge aquarium in your apartment in New York, you like were popping. So like you had to have right, that big-ass aquarium, that wall with all the mm-hmm. mirrors. You know, those are the things that was like...
0: Right. I made it. Mirror wall. Yeah. Fish. A wicker chair if you could get one. Yes. Mm -hmm.
1: So we always had aquariums in my house, like all the time. Always had different kinds of fish and stuff like that. Then we've had lizards and iguanas. So we had stuff like that. It was like we didn't have mammals. Like we had fish, lizards, iguanas, turtles. yeah, Turtles. Shit like that Mm -hmm. we had for like most of my life. Then when I turned Mm -hmm. I think I was like seventeen or eighteen. My father, just randomly came home with a pit bull. Mm-hmm. Randomly comes home with a pit bull. My mom has like an emotional breakdown. I don't want a dog. <laughs> Goes like oh berserk, and then the dog became my mom's best friend. <laughs> like mm-hmm. the following week, like not even through time. The following week, um, pit pup mm-hmm. that was our dog was like became a fixture. And we've always wanted dogs. We always like asked our parents for dogs and it was like the excuse was one. we live in an apartment we need to make sure Mm -hmm. that the dog could like go in the backyard we still lived in an apartment at that time my mother was looking for a house so I guess maybe that's why it was Mm -hmm. like okay you know like whatever but that's how we got Pip-Up but that's my experience with pets but also because we were, you know I was raised Muslim it was a Muslim home you don't live with animals uh, Some I I don't know the Quran back to front but somewhere in there it says we don't live amongst animals so my father used to use that as a thing all the time about like why we're not getting mm. a dog we don't have a house and we don't live amongst animals so if you if you want a dog it has to be when we have a house because they could go outside and shit like that but then okay. didn't you come home with a pit bull randomly like you're such a liar right. like <laughs> parents, <laughs> parents are such a liar right. they're such liars so that mm. i remember that being like
0: what all right so okay and then i would just assume the difference between like a um a whole mammal a whole dog in your house and having turtles is that your turtle goes in a cage it's different maybe yeah and if we're talking about his initial reasoning it would be different than living amongst animals exactly because they're like okay yeah
1: because like a dog is like to to me especially when you have like a mammal type animal because Mm -hmm. they are i don't know they they Live, they be didn't they become family and I'm not saying turtles right. and and fish and stuff don't they do but I I feel mm-hmm. like that barrier of a cage or a tank or whatever makes right. it something different like I'm not petting mm-hmm, my fucking mm-hmm. turtle <laughs>
0: like, right you're not pet well some people yeah, may pet people their do, turtle, but, but at the end of the day you're not going into turtle cage. To take a nap. Exactly. You know what I'm saying? Exactly. I don't have right. to tell a turtle like, to get That's where the turtle, where the turtle my my spends bed. most of his day. Yeah, exactly. yeah. It's different. So was Pit Pup allowed on the bed or the furniture? Or like, What were the rules for Pit Pup?
1: We didn't. That's the thing. It was so lawless. That dog came into the house <laughs> and <laughs> just did everything. And it was oh like
2: right wow okay.
1: who are these people <laughs> like we right, got Pip-Up. okay hip up was not there was no limits like the way our apartment mm-hmm. was set up there wasn't really like a well we could keep hip-hop out the kitchen but like we mm-hmm. also didn't mind Pip Up in the kitchen because it wasn't like right. um they were like jumping on it's just a dog it wasn't jumping on a counter mm-hmm. like now i'm strict about Zena in my kitchen because cats be jumping on a refrigerator on the stove so it's right. a little different xena don't listen to me. Anymore. fucking way but Mm -hmm. yeah we didn't really restrict pip-pop at the beginning it was like don't have that dog in the bed but then eventually it was like oh the dog's in the bed like oh i'm telling you (laughs) every all of that shit went out the fucking window like just changed the whole that's hilarious yes changed the whole game that's
0: hilarious yes all of it all of it
1: So yeah, that's what we had in our house. Okay. Like what was your experience with pets as a kid? Did you even have any and stuff? I don't even think I ever heard you say that
0: you've had. So we did not, right? So we lived in apartments. We were not allowed to have pets. You couldn't have a dog in Co-op City. Mm-hmm. You couldn't have a dog, supposedly, even though somebody randomly would always have a dog. There was a seeing eye dog in our building, mm-hmm. but like for the most part, in Co-op City, you could not have a dog. Yeah, dogs right? weren't
1: allowed in my building either, but no one listened, and <laughs> no one listened at all. <laughs>
0: that is so funny. It's like that in a lot of places in New York. The rule is you can't have a dog, but depending on the building, you just have a dog. dog. Everybody knows who the dog is. But at the time, we were kids. Right. The only dog in our building was the seeing eye dog. And other dogs we would see would be like, okay, that's a visitor or whatever. Right. So we couldn't have dogs. My mother also did not grow up having dogs in her house or mm-hmm. whatever. She also grew up living in apartments, living in the projects, mm-hmm. living in places that some people would not think conducive to having a dog yeah. or whatever, right? So, eventually, when she married my stepfather, he had a dog. Mm-hmm. and But I was already, like, you know, a teenager, like a big teenager or whatever, mm-hmm. heading to college and whatnot. So, it wasn't, like... It wasn't like kids really asking for a dog and trying to play with a dog. Mm-hmm. And the assumption is like it's enough grown people here to take care of this dog gotcha. that you have. Mm-hmm. And you brought this dog here. So so that was my experience in terms of living with a dog. I was already like a teenage person doing my own thing or whatever. And the relationship with that dog, there was still like rules kind of. Mm-hmm and i feel i feel like there are certain people who their relationship with a dog is like the dog is there to kind of serve them be my companion mm-hmm. but they're not really thinking about all the things that the dog needs mm-hmm. so like we would walk the dog and stuff but like i feel like the dog should have been groomed more mm-hmm. the dog should have been like it just should have been there are just certain people i think culturally and i, I i'm not saying at all that this is like a black thing mm-hmm. but i think that there is i think that there is a subculture of black folks Who see dog ownership as like the dog is supposed to service them, supposed to service their Mm -hmm. needs for companionship, and that relationship doesn't really go like both ways you know what i'm saying point. like i, I think yeah. they just don't really think about the agency mm-hmm. right right it's not really so like because it wasn't my dog i would see things and be like this dog means this this dog means that or whatever so i would do little things for the dog or whatever but when i became a dog owner myself mm-hmm. and i saw everything that goes into like really giving a shit about this little tiny creature i'm just thinking about all the shit that like we didn't do for pebbles and i'm like yo what kind of fucking monster? Like, we didn't do bad. We didn't do bad by Pebbles. Like, she got plenty of love. It was enough of us to love her, whatever. But it was just like, this is not how you care for an animal. Mm -hmm. And I think... I will also say that like a lot of those people have also a certain understanding of how you engage with people and a certain understanding yeah. of what agency means for anybody. So I don't think that it's necessarily like limited to the way people who treat the animals like that or people who don't really think about mm-hmm. the agency and the feelings of their animal and all that stuff or whatever, I think are also people who don't really consider the agency and the personhood of like actual human ass niggas. You know what I'm saying? They may treat their kids a certain way. They may treat women a certain way. They may, you know what I'm saying? Like, so I think that there are parallels in how we relate to our dogs and how we relate to each other. But again, I don't think like, while there are black people who I think relate to pet ownership in that way, I don't think that's a thing that is like the way that black people treat dogs. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So that was my relationship with dogs. We could never actually have one when I was a kid, kid. But when I was a child, my dad, my grandma, they always had dogs, right? So Mm -hmm. at my grandma's house and when my dad would pick us up for the weekend, we would go to my grandma's house, my grandparents' house, and they had dogs. They had a big yard. The dog would be in in the house, out the house or whatever, all over the place. Mm -hmm. They always had dogs. My great-grandmother always had dogs. But also, this was in the Bronx where like people with houses, you have a garden. Dog. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. So like they also did happen to care and give a shit about their dogs mm-hmm. and were like very loving and they were like a part of the family but it also served the function of like being A guard dog Mm -hmm. my grandparents so my dad's parents are both biracial and multiracial people so i also and and i say that just because we're talking about black people with dogs and i want to be clear about who's having what kind of relationship with the animal so my grandmother always had pets. Like there are pictures of her from 17. These are Jamaican people. There are pictures of her from 17 having cats, having dogs, having all this. There are pictures of dogs on the furniture. There are pictures of like, so while I've heard of people say, oh, well, you know, back then or in the country, like you just have a dog and be outside as an outside dog. My family also had dogs inside. So I don't know. So I'm being transparent about their racial makeup because I don't know if it's a result of their racial makeup or ethnic background, why they're co- culturally comfortable to have dogs on the furniture, dogs in the house or whatever, or if it has nothing to do with it. But it, to me, it was worth like mentioning or whatever. So they always had pets around. And my mother's mother had dogs, but it was more of like an outside dog mm-hmm. thing. She also had a chicken that she was- Oh, my dad
1: had a Caring
0: for like a pet until, mm-hmm. what'd you say?
1: That happened to my dad. I already know what you're going to say. What you saying about a chicken? My dad had a chicken. Yeah. Same thing she
0: said she was, yeah, my grandmother was yeah. loving that chicken. My mother's mother, this is, so this would have been in Baltimore, Maryland, mm-hmm. had a chicken. She was loving that chicken. Like, it was their pet. They yeah. had the chicken in the house yeah. all over the place. Like, it was their pet. And then One day, the, the my great grandmother k- k- cooked the fucking chicken. That happened to my dad. Yep. So it was like they were having two different relationships with the chicken. Mm -hmm. So my great-grandmother clearly had no problem with my grandma playing with this chicken and treating it like a pet and loving it and all that stuff. But when it's time to cook this chicken, Mm -hmm. I'm going to cook the chicken. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, my grandmother says she was devastated. And after that, it kind of seemed like she was like over pets Mm -hmm. and that whole thing. Like she was just fucking done. But they would have like dogs around, but it would be like they were like around And that sounded always more like an outside kind of thing. And when she sees my dog, it's kind of like in her head, because she's an older person and kind of has dementia now and will say whatever's in her head, does not care or whatever. If she can form a sentence, she's like... She loves telling me Hennessy looks like a rat. Get that thing out of here. Like, she would like Hennessy if Hennessy looked like a traditional dog.
1: Oh, is that? Okay. I know which grandmother that is now, so I'm like dying laughing in my head. Right
0: right yeah like if she could pick a dog a dog to her looks like something that you know you play fetch with like in the commercials Mm -hmm. they run around outside they're big you know they're lovable they sleep on the porch and hennessy is not that you know what i'm saying hennessy is not like in her mind she's like why would you want this kind of dog like what what is this hennessy looks like a rat to her she's i can say that because that's what she said okay (laughs) So they have pets. I would say pets have always been around and I've seen lots of different relationships Mm -hmm. with pets and like what that looks like. And yeah, but we were never, I never personally was like as a kid taking care of a pet. I can't, we had fish. We did have fish for a little while Mm -hmm. and we killed the fish, but we have fish. So not, yeah, not until I was like an adult Or like a late teenager Mm -hmm. was I like really like fucking with like a dog or a pet or whatever.
1: My older brother who um, they passed, but if they were alive now, they'd be in their 50s. So when they were Mm -hmm. a kid, it was the 70s or whatever. My Mm -hmm. grandfather actually brought my older brother Vaughn a monkey. So we had a monkey in in my family. (laughs) I wasn't born yet, but there was a monkey in the fucking house.
0: In the apartment. In Harlem.
1: Right in Harlem. It was a monkey. In Harlem, right. Living in a Harlem apartment because my brother wanted a monkey. And it's the 70s, so I guess you can buy a
0: monkey and- Just have a monkey. Why not?
1: Yeah, so he had a monkey. But I do want to say that a lot of times when I say monkey, people picture a silverback gorilla. And that is not- (laughs) That is not what was in my grandparents house. That's not what
0: I was picturing. That's not Okay, let me just tell you as a person from the Bronx what I was picturing. I was not picturing. I do I will confess that I don't know the difference between a monkey or a gorilla. Uh-huh. I will confess that. Okay? Now that that's been taken care of, right? I assume mm-hmm. because we're talking about a monkey in a Harlem apartment in the '70s, yes. right? Where mm-hmm. you could probably just buy a monkey off the corner. I assume it was one of those tiny monkeys with the tiny hands yes. that be moving all fast yes. and putting yes. things in your mouth mm-hmm. and in their mouth yes. and like moving around yes. and you know doing little things. That is, I wasn't—that's
1: a monkey. Yeah, a I wasn't thinking a, of like a ape. <laughs> right. A- the other thing right yeah.
0: yeah So i wasn't thinking of that and i wasn't thinking of whoever michael jackson's monkey michael jackson had a monkey that was like a person that you could put like whole yeah, clothes he, he on they a, could stand yeah. up straight and walk with you he down to the a, corner store that's not what i was thinking i'm yeah. thinking of a monkey you could like put on your shoulder and stuff you know yeah. i bet you mad people have monkeys yo that's what i'm thinking around that time
1: yeah i'm sure but even with michael jackson i think he had like a little chimpanzee and that's technically an ape so the difference between a monkey and an ape oh.
2: is like
1: monkeys are smaller, like what you said, like what you described was a monkey. at It's mm-hmm. full size. Like that's, you know, whatever. Okay. And they have long tails. Right. But an ape doesn't have a tail and they generally can grow like to be like human size or even bigger than us. Mm-hmm. So those, those are like the differences. Okay. But they're
0: both primates. So people
1: like in their mind make them the same thing.
0: So a chimpanzee is an ape. Yes. Mm hmm. Oh, it doesn't okay. have a tail so Michael yeah. Jackson had an ape not yes. a monkey yeah but everyone says right. monkey because we kind and of monkeys just monkeys are little tiny yeah right so monkeys are little tiny things that you could put on your shoulder to go to the corner yeah. store and... apes are the ones who like want to take over <laughs>
1: <laughs> yes if you're thinking about that movie yes apes yes they are right a little more i guess physically they look a little more human-like like as far Got as like, the hands and the chest okay. and all of that stuff they can grow okay. bigger than us they don't have tails the way i've determined it is that monkeys have a tail a long usually a long tail mm-hmm. and then apes don't so that's just the way
0: But apes can learn sign language and tear your face off
1: yes Yes,
0: got it. They got the difference. Strength. Big difference,
1: and yeah. Okay. So my brother, but usually when I say it, people are like, "What?" and I'm like, "A monkey." It's is still loose. like what? No, it, it is still what? like what? It is but the what?
0: '70s in New York were lawless. That's what I'm thinking about. <laughs> So, I'm thinking he, it was probably nothing to get a monkey. He probably wasn't the only kid in his building with a monkey.
1: Exactly. And then, like, I mm-hmm. do come from the, like, thinking about extended family. Well, obviously, if my grandfather just bought a monkey one day, that we're pretty open to animals in my family anyway. Like, I know my right. mother had a dog mm-hmm. when she was a child. She actually has a bite mark from where the dog bit her mm. that she used to show us all the time when we asked for dogs. <laughs> right. Uh-uh, you see this? <laughs> Show sure you want a dog? Mm-hmm. But, yeah, so, like, my extended family, we always had, always had, like, mammals. Like, I've always had family members with dogs or cats. And I will say that in conjunction to what you said about care and stuff like that, I think it was the, the same way. But I think it was also a symptom of not even, like, not even prioritizing your own care. So, like, these are people who, like, don't go to the doctor that often right. because life just doesn't allow them to. These are people who, like, don't prioritize what we mm-hmm. would call self-care and all of this shit. These are people who don't do that because it's, yeah. it's a different generation. It's like, mm-hmm. you just, you know, like whatever. So I would like, mm-hmm. I think that it's a symptom of that. I don't think it's just like, right. as it's a dog, who cares if it's a dog? Because they love their yeah. dogs right. or enter their dogs. But like, if you don't come from even wanting to prioritize things like that in your own life, Facts. how are you like Facts. doing that for a fucking, Facts. a cat? Right. you doing that for a cat? Mm-hmm. you know so like mm-hmm. yeah for sure
0: yeah no i agree mm-hmm. were you ever as a new york person mm-hmm. were you ever because like we said a lot of the big dogs that we see were like guard dogs everybody had a guard dog yes. everybody had a beware of dog sign in there if, if you had a house mm-hmm. beware of dog sign in their yard yeah. or in their you know front window or whatever were you ever afraid of dogs
1: i was never afraid of dogs mm-hmm. yeah i was never afraid of dogs always was into dogs Always felt like, (laughs) I never shared this, always felt like we had like a secret communication. Like I always felt like, (laughs) I did. No, because dogs always liked me. Like I remember I go to a stranger's house and I remember going to one of my older sister's friend's house and there was a dog there and that dog was all over me like in love like i don't know i've always kind of dogs Mm -hmm. cats on the other hand always generally hated me that's why i'm surprised that me Mm -hmm. and i even have a cat now but dogs is always those is my people even i have been chased by dogs Mm -hmm. if you're a new yorker you've never been chased by a dog are you really
0: a new yorker you're not (laughs) you're not (laughs) Like You're not. You either just got here or your child or something. <laughs> yes,
1: exactly. So I've been chased by even in the instances where I got chased I got chased by a once and it turns out he was actually trying to play with me. Like it wasn't even like he was trying to like fuck with me. Right. But it's a fucking rockwaller so I'm gonna run. And when it caught up to me, mm-hmm. it literally just jumped on me and started looking at me. So oh, okay yeah, but I was scared as shit. Like I thought I was gonna die. I was mm-hmm. like eight, so I thought I was gonna die. But
0: I can relate. Yeah, for sure, for sure. I almost got a concussion running from a dog. Oh, once. my
1: gosh.
0: Yeah, I was running from a dog in Uncle Islam's apartment building. We were running, me and my sister Jasmine, we were running from this, like, legit, just a little chihuahua, okay? <laughs> I think it was even on a leash, probably. No, but those are but dangerous. We were little.
1: Chihuahuas are dangerous. Yeah,
0: we were little, and we were coming back from playing or something, and... We heard it barking, it was coming up the steps. We were screaming bloody murder and running for our lives. You would have thought it was a horror movie. And I bumped my head on the you know how the steps would go back and forth yes. or whatever mm-hmm. like that. Like yeah, that. I was turning the corner, I bumped my head on a step. It was a whole thing. It was a nightmare. And then it just it went into Look. its apartment. We lived like we were visiting higher oh. up or whatever. So
1: Were you ever afraid of dogs or animals or anything like that when you were kid?
0: Yeah. I was afraid of dogs for shit like that. Mm-hmm. I was af- I was deathly afraid of dogs. Dogs were always chasing some. dogs were always i didn't hear of a lot of dogs like biting people but that was my general energy was to be afraid of dogs except for the ones that were in our like in my grandmother's you know house or whatever and even then when i would come to the door and they were barking Mm -hmm. it would still take me a minute to calm down but i was afraid of dogs i would say at least until like right after college I was, like, for real afraid of dogs. Cats made me uneasy, Um, but, you know, they're smaller. But, yeah, yeah, I was definitely, definitely afraid of dogs. And we had a dog pack. I think I talked about it before. We had a dog pack (laughs) roaming the streets of Co-op City that every now and then I wouldn't be able to walk in my direction to school. I would have to fucking, you know, you'd be walking to school and then all of a sudden there's a dog, a fucking feral ass looking sato staring you in the face like it's gonna pounce you at like not just a not a friendly neighborhood Mm -hmm. like this dog is just the street dog that you know we love it and we give it snacks Mm -hmm. a fucking animal a wild fucking animal who usually travels in a pack we'd be on a bus and you'd see them traveling in a pack (laughs) on the side of the road okay i don't know why this is how i knew that like where we lived was not ever on tv because on tv always be a dog catcher or somebody animal control i'm like why we everyone in this neighborhood knows there is a wild pack of dogs roaming the streets and nobody gives a shit no one gives a shit i we can have rabies i could be bitten on the way to school and they were all the same color because they were a pack of inbreeding wild ass dogs Okay, they were all the same color. They just looked, they had all different hairstyles and all different, like, you (laughs) know, sizes. But they were, yeah, but they were mostly just big, lion colored, wild ass dogs roaming the streets of the Bronx. Okay, and nobody gave a shit. And every now and then you would confront one on your way to school. And, you know, I always survived, but it was like waiting it out. Um, So now I'm standing here. I'm looking at you. You're looking at me. I'm waiting for you to, like, make a move walk somewhere, I'm going to slowly back away from you and go around this building. And it was a whole thing. So I was afraid of dogs, and my neighborhood didn't help. Nothing in my oh environment my helped me, like, not be afraid of dogs.
1: We had dog packs, but I don't remember being scared. I did hate, where I lived in the Bronx, there was always blocks that was designated what we call doodoo blocks because it was, like, everyone walked their dog mm-hmm. on that block. And it would be, like, mm-hmm. as if they decided this is the block. So I guess the shit is in all these right. other places, and people not curbing their dog. But mm-hmm. at least let's sequester all the shit to this block. So I used to hate mm-hmm. that. Like, don't walk yeah. up the doodle. <laughs> like that mm-hmm. was like mm-hmm. my like yeah. They would basically you had a, the way you had a detour cause a pack. I have have to detour cause I knew that was the block that everyone decided yeah. that they were going to walk their dogs and like fucking let mm-hmm. them shit and stuff. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah. Yeah. You know what it makes me think of though, like when we talk about because now also. Like you said, your mom fell in love with your dog. Mm -hmm. My mom has fallen in love with my dog, like as an adult or whatever. Like Mm -hmm. Pebbles, she liked Pebbles, but it was still like she's working all day and it's dog hair all over the house. And so it was like a burden for her. Mm -hmm. But Hennessy, you know, she sees her when she's watching her and they have a like, oh, this is a cute, I can enjoy this dog Mm -hmm. because I don't have to go to my job and then come home and walk the dog or whatever, whatever. So I think that, like, when we start talking about our parents, like, even in this letter, how her mom told her the whole time, was or their so mom, funny. excuse me, told them the whole time, like, we never had dogs. Dogs can take care of themselves. We don't need a dog. They're this. They're filthy. They're this, that, or whatever. Some of the things that our parents told us about dog ownership was to deter us as little kids yeah, from to wanting want to, to have, have a dog, dog. Yeah. yeah and a, a lot of our relationship with what we've heard about dogs were things our parents told us because we were pestering them about getting a fucking dog you know what i'm saying <laughs> so it is i think a lot of like conjecture because our parents were just saying whatever they had to say so that you wouldn't ask them about an animal again mm-hmm. don't ask me about a yeah. dog we're not getting one you know i would say in terms of like stereotypes there was stereotypes that I think that we have heard about dogs is that white people let their dogs kiss them in the mouth, yes. which is a thing because we know dogs lick, lick their butthole and stuff like that, right? Mm-hmm. So stereotypes, white people let dogs kiss them in the mouth. They will do anything for their dogs. They sleep in the bed with them. They make out with them. They're allowed to do what they want stand on the counter, stand on the front. I'm I'm using dogs, but pets, Mm -hmm. I will say. Mm -hmm. You know, cats be helping to stir their pasta salad or whatever. Like, nasty relationship or whatever. (laughs) Yeah.
1: Look at these cute paw prints in the flower. And I'm like, that's not cute. (laughs) (laughs)
0: but i think that also goes hand in hand with our experience or thoughts on like white people and cleanliness as it is so if you have a community of people who you know my grandmother used to clean up used to work in a white lady's house cleaning up and shit like that or whatever so you if you have intimate knowledge of all the nasty shit that these people be doing behind closed doors, Mm -hmm. they're going to appear fucking nasty to you or whatever. You know what I'm saying? So whether it's, whether it's true or not, I mean, we know what we've seen on social media. We're not cleaning people's houses, but we see a lot of nasty, (laughs) nasty shit on social media. Okay. So a lot of nasty shit on social media. Do
1: do you clean your pet's legs? You know, do you,
0: (laughs) (laughs) you don't wash your own legs. You're not washing your dog's legs. All right. For sure. So, right. So, those are stereotypes that I think some are true and some have just been perpetuated by, you know, whatever. Yeah. Mm -hmm. But I will say that I do not, with my dog now, even though I love her to death and I'll murder any one of you for my dog. I don't kiss Hennessy in the mouth Mm -hmm. and she has been trained to kiss me on the nose. Mm -hmm. So I might like, Oh, give me a kiss. And she knows that I mean, kiss me on the nose. Cause I've trained her not to kiss me on the mouth. That's literally the only thing that she has been trained (laughs) to do. (laughs) Cause outside of that, she does whatever she wants. This is her home. I respect her agency. I think about sometimes I'll be hugging her and I'll be like, does she want this? is she okay with this I be trying to make sure that I care about like does she want to be picked up right now does she Mm -hmm, you know is she not in the mood for this or whatever Mm -hmm. so I try and consider all of those things I do wipe her feet like so we'll go for a walk in the street or whatever and Mm -hmm. then when we come in the house before she that's that actually she's really good at that she she knows knows our routine we come in the house yeah and before she hops on any furniture anything like that she'll sit on her little bed and wait for me to be ready to clean her feet off Mm -hmm. so I'll clean her feet and wipe her body down so that we can be comfortably in the house because she is allowed to be you know on the furniture or in the bed with me or Mm -hmm. whatever and i don't want to be bringing fucking street feces into into my bed Mm
1: -hmm.
0: right because her
1: her outside clothes is also her inside clothes right
0: exactly (laughs) exactly exactly So that's something that we do. They say you really shouldn't bathe dogs that often Mm -hmm. and Hennessy doesn't have a lot of hair. Mm -hmm. So I don't bathe her often really at all. But I am always like wiping her down just to make sure that she's not fucking filthy. Mm -hmm. So, yeah. So those are things that I do that I think have lasted that that stick with me in terms of like stereotypes. I mean, I'm going to wipe her down regardless, but maybe she could kiss me in the mouth and I wouldn't die. I don't know. I just that seems nasty to me. I don't know.
1: Yeah, I don't I, don't I think it's it's not even a matter of like will you die. It's just like why is a tongue a dog's <laughs> tongue? What is the necessity? Yeah, like of this? why do you
0: like What is the necessity? There's so many ways
1: for as a person who this. has I've lived with two dogs, as a person who has been able to show those dogs that I love them and care about them and that But Mm -hmm. I have been able to do that in amazing ways without our mouths touching each other.
0: Right. Pip-Hop,
1: Nemo, those are the dogs that we had. Felt loved as fuck. Mm -hmm. We didn't kiss them. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) It's interesting. I don't know. It's interesting.
0: Do you ever, in the way that with your cat now, Mm -hmm. are there things that you do that you think that you do because you're a black cat owner? And Mm -hmm. the other part of the question do you let Zena do things that you never thought you would let a cat do in your house?
1: Hmm. So the fact that I have a cat is a cat thing that I, that's <laughs> like, there's right. a cat in my right. house. There is mm-hmm. a cat in my house. I've never been into cats. Yes. I won't say that I hated them, but I was very neutral. I didn't feel the need to have a cat in my home. Dogs seem more fun. I've had experience with dogs. Like, even when I was a child, when I wanted pets, the want was a dog, not a cat.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: And then, yeah, I don't know. But I got Xena because in my old apartment, Every I would just keep getting mice, keep getting mice, and then landlord would put down shit, and they'd be gone for like a couple of months. I'll say mm-hmm. like eight months, and then all of a sudden, you know, whatever, and they're looking for holes and just like all of this shit. And I had a friend who, since I moved into that apartment for years, was like, "Just get a cat, just get a cat, it's not that serious." And I'm like, "No, there's no dogs that get mm-hmm. mice." Like I was just like, <laughs> so finally I just said, "Fuck oh it, my gosh, fuck it, never get a cat." And yeah, he gave me the cat. And I instantly fell in love because it was just like, oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. Yeah, because I got Zena as a little kitten. And it was like I was raising something. I had never raised anything. Mm-hmm. I don't have children. Mm-hmm. That was my first pet. That was mine and not like attached to like my family or like my sister had a dog. You know, it was just but this was my my animal or whatever so it was like me raising mm-hmm. this cat me seeing them learning new things it was this one point like Mazina if i put Zeno on a couch they were so small that they were scared to jump down so i was able to like okay let me put them on a the couch so i could clean i could like okay right but then that didn't last that long eventually it was like oh i could jump down fuck that it was just like oh my god mm-hmm. you're growing you're, you know like stuff like that so that was kind of just like wow the thing that I wanted to do, but failed that horribly. Is that I didn't want Zena sleeping in my bed, and that was because uh. that was because the litter box. I know you go in that box, mm-hmm. you do your things. For some reason, I don't know why cats. It's like they go in a litter box and have to redecorate the litter box, so they be they could have mm-hmm. been shitted or pissed, but they be in there scratching and tossing shit right. around and doing all this stuff. Mm-hmm. But it was like, I want to make it so this cat doesn't get in my back because I don't know what the fuck. And I'm also scared to wipe paws because yeah, and when Xena was a kitten because cats are able to put their, paw, their nails in and out like retract mm-hmm. them and whatever as a kitten, Xena didn't quite understand like when to have them out when to have them in whatever mm. so Zena would scratch the fuck out of me because it was just mm. like i'm a little baby and i don't know what to do with these things right but i'm gonna jump right. on you mm-hmm. so i was like not touching them paws at all so i just mm-hmm. never like wiped um xena's paws or whatever and shit like that but no that's my homie they sleep in my bed that's another reason why i have satin sheets Cause that's easier Mm -hmm. for me to wipe them off. When I had cotton sheets, the hair, the Mm little, not really much. It's not like much comes from but it just, for me to just be able to wipe it with a satin sheet, just feels better than when I had cotton sheets. And I do have a lint roller and Mm -hmm. shit like that. I do have that too. But I do like not seeing like the amount of hair, just like now I gotta change this whole sheet. And I'm lazy. I gotta change this whole sheet because Mm -hmm. you, you don't even have a job.
0: (laughs) Yeah, I didn't want Hennessy in my bed when I first got her. Mm -hmm. So I ended up with Hennessy because my brother had got her... And Hennessy has been with different girlfriends, I think, of my brothers or whatever. So she was, as far as I'm concerned, she's a rescue. Mm-hmm. So he had her with this one girlfriend. They break up. And she's like, all right, well, come and get your dog then. Like that whole thing. Mm-hmm. So that has happened to Hennessy perhaps more than once. Yeah. And then she eventually ended up at my mom's house. My mom was like, yo, I love Hennessy, but I don't want to be a dog owner right now. So I was asked to foster Hennessy. I had already met her. So I was like, yeah, sure, whatever. Then my brother was like, would you consider keeping her? And I did really have a reason not to Mm -hmm. and i already know her yeah and i'm like she's a family dog okay sure whatever so it did end up being a lot more work than i had anticipated i would have never volunteered to do all these things but also i've seen people own dogs before and not really do much you know what i'm saying Mm -hmm. and so now i have this dog and i'm getting to know oh you're like a whole living thing you have feelings you get depressed Mm -hmm. you have certain food that you like you have a little personality Mm -hmm. so like dogs was always like this and people be acting like y'all don't have All of this personality and all of these feelings and thoughts and yada, yada, yada. Mm -hmm. So that was an eye opener. I didn't want her in my bed, but I accidentally. So she was sleeping in her bed or in my room on the side, like in a dog bed. And then she was looking at me and I think I patted the bed because I was moving and it looked like I was inviting her up. And when Mm -hmm. she came up, she was so clearly elated and full of joy Mm -hmm. to be up there like with me and like she hopped on me and it was like hey we're here together on the bed and I was like oh my god how could I deny how could I deny this level of joy and she just want to be up here hanging out with me I'm not yeah I'm not gonna deny her this Mm -hmm. like this is cool so from then it was like all right she's on the bed she has gradually now she's everywhere it used to be like all right you could get on the couch but don't sit on this pillow and that pillow yeah. you don't now everything mm-hmm. is a fucking dog bed she doesn't give a fuck <laughs> she'll put her vagina on anything she doesn't care <sighs> so it's a thing but it's just me and her in here maybe if there were other people i would have different restrictions in, in terms of like space and stuff but it's just me and her so we are equal parts sharing an apartment i pay the rent that's just like <laughs> that's just what it is that is just what it is
1: that's kind of how i feel the same with xena like xena is different Mm because cats kind of don't care about their humans as much as dogs care about Mm their humans but, like, Zena has their own life, and then sometimes they interact with my life, too, or whatever. But Zena is, like, hella affectionate, and I'm not. Mm-hmm. So I had to learn to, like, give this cat affection when they want it because mm-hmm. I'm not just going to – I'm not – that's just not something I just naturally do. Right. So, like, I make sure every day that it's, like, I can't give you the affection all the time, but I make sure at least every day we have a time where we're, like, cuddled and snuggled and i'm petting him and like doing all of the things so that they at mm-hmm. least get that every day and i didn't did not think ever that i would be making time to every day make sure that a cat got the emotional cat, affection a cat. and attention that a cat. it needed i did
0: yep. i did not think <laughs> yep. that yo yep. let me tell you i am taking hennessy on vacation okay <laughs> like it's a necessity like i'm going to (laughs) charlotte because that's where you know my family is going to be or whatever we're doing something for my mother and so i had the option to like find somebody to watch her or whatever and so there there are like a few different reasons why i think it's best that she come with me but also there was a moment where it was like well why don't you leave her with so-and-so and And i was thinking i was like nah she actually needs Needs a vacation vacation. Mm -hmm. she's been living in quarantine also it would be nice for her to be able to go outside of new york she she doesn't love like manhattan or whatever so she's from the bronx she doesn't love manhattan mm-hmm. where the train is underground i'm from like overground train yeah ball, so she mm. she doesn't like that feeling of like it's so much happening There's so many fucking people it's trains underground so yeah she likes going away we're going to spend a few nights in a hotel. She's going to like having her own bed. Mm-hmm. She's going to like being able to do what she wants. Like, Hennessy needs a vacation. And I just remember thinking that because I am thinking like, okay, am I? And again, I think that black people care about their pets. Also, separately from that, I am a person who does not have, I'm not responsible to any other human people. Yes, you know what I'm exactly. saying? So, like, I might not have the mental room to think about her in this way if I had to think about like feeding another motherfucker and making sure that they stayed alive Mm -hmm. you know what I'm saying but yeah I do be thinking about am I making sure that Hennessy has a fulfilled life Mm -hmm. is she happy because she can't tell me anything she can't tell me how she's thinking how she's feeling or whatever it's my job to make sure that she's having a happy fulfilled life and she's not fucking depressed you know what I'm saying Mm -hmm. because what, what the fuck is that for what good is that you know so yeah
1: and animals get depressed. My cat, when yes. when my roommate used yes. to live here with me, she she would tell me all the time, like, yo, when you leave for work, Zena just be, like, in the room, like, just, like, sad. And then when you come home, mm-hmm. it's like, they come alive, and it's like, yeah, they're here. Mm-hmm. And from, the, like, the times when I'm going on vacation, I had an ex-boyfriend who, were, who kept coming over while I was out of town, but just to check on mm-hmm. Zena. And he's like, yo, like, Zena's sad. <laughs> like, mm-hmm. and I'm like, I'm like, I'm their best friend. Like, I'm their everything. Like, I I, I see why they're sad when Mm -hmm. I'm not around and shit
0: like that. But, Mm -hmm.
1: yeah, they get depressed. Yeah,
0: so... I definitely have been looking forward to taking my little dog on vacation because she needs a vacation. And I just know how happy she's gonna be. Yes. And that's gonna make me happy. So do you think mm-hmm. that white people care more about their dogs than black people do? Or the what's the difference to you in the relationship? Is there a difference?
1: I don't think there's a difference, and I will get it more, I guess, more into this later. I think yeah. that the idea of the way people frame what having a pet looks like Mm -hmm. a lot of time comes from a white, idea or white framing of things so Mm -hmm. that's why i do not i don't think that we we just we are just different and because Mm -hmm. the mainstream says this is how you have a pet then people just assume that that's the standard so i'm thinking of someone like i actually wrote this in my notes but i can say it now it's perfect Like think about someone like mike tyson remember mike Mm -hmm. tyson always had a pigeon coop or whatever um as a teenager Mm -hmm. or young adult and he cared about those pigeons he took care of them pigeons he played with them pigeons like he did all of the things that you do when you have a relationship with animals but because like it wasn't in a traditional setting people would even i would not say these were his pets but if you think about it (laughs) right those are his pets and i think that a lot of the ways that i mostly think of this in an urban way because i've always lived in cities yeah but even if something is not like in a home or like something that is i guess the way that white people do pets doesn't doesn't mean that we are like doing something less than or doing something different. Mm-hmm. We're just working with what we have. We're just, you know, doing shit the way mm-hmm. that we do it. Think about like, because of the latter, mm-hmm. it makes me think of I had an ex boyfriend who was from Sierra Leone. And that's when I had Pip-Pup. And he mm-hmm. was like, for him, it was just wild that this dog lived in our house. He was also a Muslim person, but it was just wild that mm-hmm. the dog lived in the house. And for me, I'm like, why is it wild? This is how you have a pet. And he's like, no, I've had dogs, but they, I guess they had a, a little more agency than, than what my dog mm-hmm. had in my house. Mm-hmm. He was like, you know, they are our dogs. We do take care of them, but they just kind of just go out and about when they want to have their own lives, play with their friends, mm-hmm. do what they want to do. But they know they can always come here, get food. Right be the people that they fuck with you know like mm. whatever and i had never even heard that concept about like right. i'm like that's a pet that just sounds to me that just sounds like that dog that's on a block you know how there's always a dog or a cat that people Community just everyone kind of yeah. puts the food out for that mm-hmm. was that and he's like no those are my pets they had names <laughs> they were like what you know so i think that <laughs> Yeah, like so I I think it's a a a bit of that. Mm -hmm. Also, I think because of the access, who can pay these it's expensive to have a pet and that way that Mm -hmm. we're told is a how you're a good pet owner or whatever. That shit is fucking expensive. And we have to be honest, mm-hmm. a lot of black people, I'm talking about obviously in the USA, a lot of black people are low income people. Like to the extent mm-hmm. of which that standard says you're a good right. pet owner. How do you do that? How is that mm-hmm. possible if I'm working three mm-hmm. jobs?
2: <laughs> yep.
1: You know, so that's how I, I don't think it's like a... Um, You know, black thing. Well, it is a black thing, Mm -hmm. white thing, but I think it's not like larger things at play. And also pet ownership can be and look like many different things. And I think it's right. It's helpful to open our minds about what being a pet owner actually looks at it can you know it can look like many different things
0: or whatever and shit like that Mm -hmm. yeah yeah no definitely i think that's funny that you say i had that same thing in my notes i think that love for pets and animals is often measured by what white people do Mm -hmm. you know what i'm saying and i think that white people in a colonial context in a you know if i'll I'll talk about the u.s Mm -hmm. their life is set up and their ability to thrive is based on the, the ability to oppress and suppress. Other groups of people. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. So we're not we're not talking about like regular everyday people. We're talking about people who are living with a certain specialness and a certain privilege and a certain like even poor white folks. Mm-hmm. there's certain shit that you know you can get away with because you're a white person. there's certain things you don't have to think about because you're a white person. Mm-hmm. Even there's certain things that you might think you don't have to think about as a white person that maybe yeah. you do have to think about, but the the privilege of even thinking that there's things you can get away with and not have to worry about because you're white, it elevates It elevates your life in a way. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. And so there is a way in which we see white people have the time, the mental space, and the freedom to care for animals, I think, in ways that a lot of other people don't have the mental time, mm-hmm. space, yeah energy to do it in that way and that doesn't mean less love and it doesn't mean that what they're doing even makes any fucking sense half the time you know what i'm Mm -hmm. saying like it's just a different way we see and we know it intimately as people who are consistently under attack from police that white people collectively care more about animals than they do black people you know what i'm saying then they do non-white people that's just like what it is so i actually love Hennessy very much but I don't ever need to feel like I love Hennessy as much as a white person would because to me that love is tainted with the fact that they have this freedom this extraness right because mm-hmm. it's not it's not just like they're treated how everyone should be treated the white people are treated with a specialness in these oppressive societies they're treated with a supremacy you know what I'm saying and I don't want that shit I want to get rid of that shit
1: the quality of life that you are receiving as a white person is something completely different for everyone else right so how do you pass on that quality of life to a pet if you are an a marginalized oppressed Mm. person
0: how do you do that boom you know exactly yeah right yeah so that's that was my thinking so we we may see white people doing ridiculous shit or things that we think are ridiculous for their animals but white life in the u.s is ridiculous shit period Mm -hmm. you know what i'm saying even the most poor folks there's a certain specialness that they are allowed because they are white because that's what white supremacy is that allows for certain freedoms that contribute to the way that they engage with animals pets Mm -hmm. and shit like that how far would you say you're willing to go for your pet
1: never thought of this this is weird (laughs) Mm -hmm. i don't know how far i would go for my pet like i feel like if xena was like really sick and needed some outlandish thing that I could see myself making a GoFundMe to get the money together so, right. so that Zena can continue living comfortably and shit like that. Yeah. I can definitely see that. That is stuff that my, I did see my parents do that for our dogs. Mm-hmm. Yeah, if something was wrong, if my dog pip up they passed, but like they needed a hysterectomy and my mom mm-hmm. got that dog a hysterectomy because if that's right. what this needs for, it's also mm-hmm. my mother at that point in her life Doing very well financially. I don't know if that's something that mm-hmm. could have happened if I, when I was six years old, if we had a dog. Right. You know what I'm saying? Right. We're all grown and mm-hmm. out the house and shit like that. So my mother could do that. So yeah, I could see myself doing stuff like that. I do remember the moment that I realized that I will be so hurt when Xena passes because everything dies. It was one time in a current apartment I live in, one of my windows, all of the windows come with screens and shit like that. Mm -hmm. One of them is like broken. So I put in a screen when I open a window, but sometimes I forget. And one time... Zena, i live on the fourth floor just for context Zena was outside mm-hmm. my window sitting on a window ledge just sitting there chilling and i oh nearly had i was definitely i was so fucking scared like and I, um mm-hmm. Zina just walks and like walks back into the apartment like what's wrong with you like <laughs> oh calm down and i was just like i was you know how when your mother loses you in a mall and they find you and then they're, like, happy to find you, but they were so scared that they, like, yeah. now want to hit you because they were so scared mm-hmm. and they, they don't know what else to do with that fear? Mm-hmm. That's what I felt like when Zena walked back into this apartment, just walking up in here like like you wasn't just on a four-floor window ledge and could have mm-hmm. fell to your fucking <laughs> death.
0: Oh, my God. And
1: that's when I was just like... I knew I loved Dina and all of that before, but it was just like, wow, there's going to be a point in my life, especially cats live mm-hmm. about, on average cats live about 18 years. So I'm like, I'm going to raise you to go to college and then you're going to fucking die. So like, mm-hmm. that yeah. part is where yeah. I, I know that. It's just like, yeah, it's just like, and I've experienced pets die before when we had lizards and stuff like that. It wasn't like a thing, but when Pip-Pup died, when Nemo died, it was like, mm-hmm. I called out of work when Pip-Pup died. It was like, I can't, yeah, you know, like, uh. you know so Mm -hmm. i can't i don't i can't think about how far i would go but i know that that loss would just be like this immense thing for me Mm -hmm. um when it comes to xena like i'm thinking of my sister when nemo died that was my sister's dog my sister has Nemo's ashes. She has a, she got like a, it's not taxidermy. It's but it's like mm-hmm. a little statue made in his memory, like like a some mm-hmm. memorial for her dog. Yeah. And I could definitely see myself doing that Zena, Like, mm-hmm. you know, so I, like mm-hmm. I said, I can't think yeah. of how much I would do for, because I don't know. But like, I just know that, that loss would just be so huge for me, you know, Yeah. if that time comes, you know. Yeah. Yep. How far do you think you would go for Hennessy? No,
0: I agree. I used to, there's been times where I'd be like, yo, I hope she's not sick because I can't afford sickness. (laughs) You know, I cannot afford Mm -hmm. sickness right now. But also, honestly, after having experienced a certain amount of not having money, sometimes when you don't have money, you have all the money. It's like, I just need enough money to pretend I have money and then... (laughs) Whoever don't get paid, just don't get paid. What you going to (laughs) do? You know what I mean? (laughs) What you going to do? You going to come get me? What are you going to do? You going to fight me? Anyway. Right. So I have have a little bit of less fear of not having or whatever. Mm -hmm. So I just feel like we'll make it it work. That's how I feel now. So hopefully she don't ever get that sick where I have to, you know, dump $7,000 into her care. But I do feel like mm-hmm. that. Like, this little motherfucker, she needs to stay alive. She's, we have a relationship. We yeah. talk. We cuddle. Yeah, all of it's that. a whole thing. It's a whole thing. It's to
1: the point where my boo, he he's never owned a pet. And he does not have the same... I like, and he's also actually scared mm-hmm. of Zena. They won't say that they're scared, but they are scared of Zena. <laughs> anyway, but they don't get it because like they see me conversing mm-hmm. with Zena, and then they're like, "You're talking to the cat." Yes, this motherfucker lives here, has lived here. Or like when we first started dating, he used to ask me to put Zena away. No, this oh is their house. Gosh, you are no. visiting there. Mm-hmm. This is where Zena lives. Why would I mm-hmm. put them in a section of a house so you could feel comfortable? I'm gonna make Zena feel uncomfortable, so mm-hmm. you could. You're no who are you? <laughs> no. Like, what? But no. also, people do have these weird things about cats anyway, which I think
0: mm-hmm. it's tied
1: to patriarchy because a lot of people see cats as women, but whatever. We don't need to get into that.
0: Facts. Weird. But
1: yeah, a lot of people have things about cat. I don't like that. I remember even like one time my roommate had someone come over and it was like, Oh, can you pitch a cat away? And I'm like, No. Like mm-hmm. You came to a cat <laughs> You came to a cat house. Sorry, you did. Oh, you don't mm-hmm. like it. You can... this a nice park across the street. <laughs> 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 Go over there. <laughs> That's funny.
0: Oh gosh. Yeah. Yeah. My mother also is in love with Hennessy. Mm -hmm. You know, she goes over there, she has her own room. She hangs out. She does her own thing. She's up and down the stairs. She eats all the food. She's not allowed to. Eats all the food that I told. Do not give her human food. (laughs) One time she went, she stayed there for a while. And my, my mother was like, Oh, she accidentally I left these cookies out and she ate all these cookies. She sent me the rest of the cookies that Hennessy didn't finish. She's like, okay, well, maybe she can just finish them since she was already eating them. Like, she wasn't supposed to ever have this. I'm not going to give her more of this entire bag of cookies that she already ate in your care. And now you have the nerve to pack them with her things and send them to my house? Like, I'm supposed to feed them to her as a snack when I specifically said, do not give this animal human food? What? Yeah. Oh, gosh. But no, nah, she's definitely in love with Hennessy. She definitely doesn't like necessarily when she kisses her in the face. Mm-hmm. But I've seen her, she will let, let Hennessy mm-hmm. lick her in the face. She loves it. She loves little Hennessy. They love each other. So I think that a lot of our, the stuff that we heard from our parents about their feelings about dogs, about animals and pets in general, just have to do with I don't want you getting any ideas. Don't bring an yep. animal into this house. Yep. You cannot have one. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Um, there's a whole thread. The tweet, and then it turned into this really adorable thread, but the tweet is from underscore kiss and blush, and they say African parents will be so anti having a dog in the house only to end up like this. And it's this picture of this woman sitting on the couch with her feet up and a dog is like laying beside her with the dog got got like their face in the nook of like her hip. For just her. there, they're just there happy together. <laughs> Hanging out. And it turned into this whole thread of continental African folks sharing pictures of their parents, like hand feeding dogs, cuddling dogs, doing all these things that we say white people do with and for their dogs. So it was it was really, really sweet to see but yeah black people we have relationships with pets Mm -hmm. it's just i think a lot of times not on display in the ways in which white folks put their relationship with their pets on display because man's best friend in the u.s black people are not people we're not men you know what i'm saying Mm -hmm. so like when you talk about something that's man's best friend that has traditionally meant white man's best friend you know what i'm saying so like Mm -hmm. you know it's the way that it's presented i don't think that it's a reflection of the way that we actually engage with animals and pets and like while there are like i said there are i did grow up seeing people treat pets a certain way but that's a subset of black people it's like that's not all black people treating their pets this way Mm -hmm. or that way or whatever i'm gonna put the this twitter thread in the show notes Mm -hmm. because it's really adorable so that y'all can look at it anything else that you want to say about Zena, your pet or having pets
1: that's just my road dog i love that cat and um funny story if you listen to this podcast before when i first got xena i just assumed it was a female i thought that was a i never owned a cat i had dogs and i took them mm-hmm. to the vet they didn't get the shots and stuff and i didn't really like Hey, is it, I did. I don't know. I did not pay attention to the paperwork. It was whatever. Then eventually we noticed balls. So I decided that my cat uses all the pronouns. She, her, mm-hmm. they, them. The name is Zena mm-hmm. Warrior Princess. They have balls. And Zena also is very helpful with me like not i have a nephew who calls me often on facetime and because i allow him to say she or he for Zena, he it's kind of breaking down gender for him in ways that's really cool so like mm. one time mm-hmm. he said sometimes he'll say she sometimes he says he about Xena. One time he said he, but because it's their name is Xena Warrior Princess, my sister corrected him, like, no it's she. And he was like, You could say he or she for <laughs> Xena. Okay. <laughs> it doesn't matter because that stuff doesn't matter. <laughs> oh. And I'm like Ooh, you know whatever Damn. and of course it's not an extensive conversation where i'm like you know there are people who don't want to be called he and she or he you know Zena right. is like is a cat so they're not telling mm-hmm. me that hey actually that she pronoun get that mm-hmm. out of here or that he pronoun get out right. of here but i do like that my six-year-old nephew could be like that doesn't matter because i said xena mm-hmm. warrior princess is a he it's not wrong right so i do like that right. that's kind of like happening based on me, you know, giving a name that people generally tie to a, a mm-hmm. woman to
0: this cat that has a penis. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I just Respect wanted to
1: say that. that yeah. Mm-hmm.
0: I like that. Yeah. All right. Well let's take a break. When we come back, we're gonna get some black people paid. We're gonna talk about more black ass pet shit in mm-hmm. our news that's not news. And we're gonna talk about scammers. We're talk about scammers. We love a good scam, but um there are limits. A good scam. A good scam. Yes. Keyword good. good. We'll be right back. Money 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 <laughs> do, money! Do you know what this year is? What every year is all about? Yeah, but like. Giving black this women year. your money. Yes. So give okay. black women your money. Hashtag pay black women, okay, yo. Okay, okay. So,
1: so how do they give black women their
0: money? Well, they can start by giving us their money. Oh, yes. Yes. We do this dope ass women's race nerd podcast every motherfucker. Every week. week. Sometimes times twice um, a week Yeah yo (laughs) And we could use Your loving Motherfucking donations Um, We definitely can Absolutely So
1: how can you do that You can go to our
0: website
1: Yo com. Hit that donate tab Mm -hmm. And we have two options there Two Two You become a patron Or you can just donate Through PayPal
0: You choose We Mm -hmm. give you a choice That's
1: right On how you give us
0: money That's right If you want to donate Via Patreon We're asking all of our listeners To break us off Two dollars a month
1: choice oh my god we're gonna get money again
0: <laughs> all the time yes all right, all right 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 and we're black all the time all the time yes let's get into our news that's not news segment i guess even though we were free we were still slaves in the mind Nancy! This is a segment where we talk about a news story that maybe has not been talked about enough and we want to highlight it in a womanist race nerd way or maybe it's some shit we discovered and want to share with you or it's some shit that like has been going on already and we just want to highlight it some more. Mm -hmm. So what are we talking about today? So during pandemic pandemic, Quarantino, all of
1: that stuff that is, I guess quarantine is ending, but we're still in a pandemic. Still in that. Yep. But uh, (laughs) still in that. But during quarantine, a lot of people, not even a lot of people, there was an uptick of people getting pets, going to shelters, buying pets or whatever, and dogs, cats, lots, variations of pets, but lots of people are getting pets. And then recently there was also talks about lots of people returning pets. And that mm. gave me the Heavy. Actually, the people getting pets for Quarantino actually initially gave me Heavy GVs because it's like, okay. I understand the companion said, I'm so happy that I had Xena while this was happening. They have been a great comfort for me, but it did make me feel like because the intent was just to serve in like companionship and, and it kind of like mm. helped me get through this thing, that um, it was like, I don't know, the attention just didn't seem pure enough from my standards. Not to say that whatever's right right or wrong. But that's what gave me heebie-jeebies. And then it was like, what happens when the shit is over? (laughs) Like, and uh, what happened? So when, people started not people but there have been a few articles talking about large amounts of people either returning pets or sending them to shelters or whatever like that i'm just like you know what what the fuck but it actually mm. turns out that that is not actually the case okay so people
0: have been returning people pets, have been returning but,
1: pets but not in numbers that are different from the numbers pre in previous years outside of a quarantine outside of whatever and actually according to petpoint.com um, which Google you find everything, but I just thought it was weird that there was a resource for a place that aggregates data for pets in the United States. Like mm-hmm. I, I, I just didn't think something like that existed. Right, but it does. Right, so gratefully it does. So I was able to get this information and. They collect data from 1,283 animal welfare organizations throughout the country, except for North Dakota, which mm-hmm. is like, what's up with you, North Dakota? Like, why are you not a part of it? Like, what's mm-hmm. going on? What's what's happening? Just... Not- <laughs> <laughs> Oh, gosh. But according to them, when it comes to cats and dogs, actually the numbers of people who have returned has decreased in comparison to 2019. So, yes, people, in general, people return pets when they adopt them, buy them, or maybe get them from like maybe a stray and they take in the pet and they realize that they can't whatever that's something that generally happens all the time and people are kind of like i can't do this which i think i Mm -hmm. think that that is a good option to have if you can't do something i think it makes more sense to say here i can't care for this let me bring it to a place where they can care for it versus just fucking putting a suitcase of kittens outside like shit like that
0: Mm -hmm, definitely Speaking of which, mm-hmm. uh, Hennessy has decided to walk about the apartment. So you might hear her tap dancing. She
1: said, Y'all talking about me. Y'all been talking about me all this time anyway. Right. So she's
0: been sitting really good. So I just want to let her stretch her legs and shit. And then, good girl, go sit down, okay? All right. Y'all might hear her tap dancing mm-hmm. again but she's done. Mm -hmm. So from
1: the Pet Point Report, in terms of cats, I'm going to say the percentages. So there was an actual decrease of 20.2% in people returning cats. So there's people who who own cats, then there's people who return cats Mm. who... There's three numbers here. So one is for people who just surrendered their cat, who owned the cat and surrendered it. Then there's people who had previously owned cats or other animals, but they are returning this particular animal. So previous pet owners Mm. who are returning pets. And then the other number is just people who are bringing in pets, strays that they found and they brought them in for care. All three of uh-huh. those numbers have decreased for cats indoors, actually, in comparison nice. to 2019. So, for cat owners who surrendered, it decreased 20.2%. For cat owners who previously had cats, and this is like their second animal, it decreased 24.9%. For people who were just bringing in strays that they have found, that decreased 23.4%. And then for dogs, mm-hmm. owners who returned 23.9%. People who previously owned dogs who are returning these new dogs that they have acquired in whichever way. That went down 24.4%. And then that also went down for people who were bringing strays into shelters and things like that. And that decreased 25% in comparison to 2019. So it seems right. that even people who are finding strays, maybe more people are keeping them because that number... All of those numbers have decreased. So it was really nice mm-hmm. to know that people were like, Yeah, definitely. Not just, you know, getting rid of these animals.
0: And I wonder if, like, if there were less people returning whatever cat they got, mm-hmm. if there were less people surrendering cats they've been had or whatever that also could contribute to why there are less strays. You know yes, what I'm saying? Because I sure. think while there are some people who are yes. like, okay, I can't do this. Let me bring it to a shelter. We've all heard of Yo. people who back in the day, yeah. you like, where's so-and-so? Oh, I got rid of that. Okay. Well, where, what did you do with what it? Do? Where yeah. is it? Right.
2: <laughs> yes. Right.
0: So, for sure. yeah, but that's good to hear. Cause I definitely was like, okay, there's this mad rush to get these pets. Like what's going to happen? You know, a lot of people do that without seeing how they feel about mm-hmm. it. What's going to happen, you know, after people are like, you know what?
1: Uh, yeah. And I think that yeah. my thought when reading certain things that were alluding to people returning pets in large numbers, I think that it is important to take into account that we are in a pandemic and people's level of their quality of life have changed. So they probably mm-hmm. can't give the quality of life that they were used to giving to whatever pet so they've decided bring this to a shelter let me bring this to a place where they could be cared for and i th- I think mm-hmm. that a lot of that is being removed from the conversation yeah. when we're talking about like do we know if the people bringing the pets they actually acquired them during the pandemic or are we just counting that they are saying they can't take care of this cat anymore and they're bringing it here and i think you know i think i wish that mm-hmm. that kind of nuance was like entered into the conversation because it's like they right. dead ass could have like lost their job lost their house maybe now they're living in a car i think maybe i should not have a dog right now let me mm-hmm. take it you know and i think this is lots of things that people just not like taking into consideration when it's like mm-hmm. they're returning all of these animals and it's like you know we're in a fucking pandemic like Sharks. you know yeah. i would prefer to bring it to a shelter like i can't care for even though shelters aren't great i'm not saying they're great i'm just saying I would rather yeah. that than you just leave a dog on the side of the road. Mm-hmm. And now the dog is like waiting for you to come back. <laughs> mm-hmm. Standing there or some shit right. like that. So yeah, it is, it is, it was mm-hmm. nice and warming for me to see that like, nah, honestly, this jibber jabber going around, you know, if you really like look at it, it's not really the truth. So I feel good. Right.
0: That
1: is good. I like that. That's good news. Good news. Yes. I did also want to get into a brief history of pet ownership and pet shit in the U.S. We did talk about a lot some of the racial stuff already, but we'll probably revisit it a little bit here. So like the idea of how whatever a good pet owner is and all of that is through a white lens and also a very like white privileged lens. So I'm talking about people who have money. Mm -hmm. So people didn't have Mm -hmm. pets unless they had money, because if you had an animal in in your vicinity, it was for service, like in history. So you've had like okay. a horse or you do you do have a dog, but that dog, because you have a farm back in the day, that dog helps you keep the sheep together. You know, like just shit like that. So a lot of times when right. people serve did- serve the purpose, yeah. Yeah, serve the purpose. If you had a dog just to have a dog, that was unheard of and that was like some rich shit. That was not like, You know, like whatever. And then as time went on, and then when I didn't realize this is how much they make history seem like so far away. But a lot of times it's not. So when cars became more popular in the 20s and 30s and they stopped using like horse and buggies and shit, I didn't know that Mm -hmm. that was that close. Like,
0: (laughs) right, right, that it was that recent. Yeah, Mm -hmm. like,
1: but like my mom, not my mom, my grandmother was black. probably a little kid when there was the transition from cars into like, Mm -hmm, I don't mm -hmm. know, that blew me away when I read that. But when that happened and there was less of a need for horses, veterinarians, this is how capitalism comes into play, right? Veterinarians were like, what do we do now? Like how do we how do we keep this business going? And then like a pet industry came out of that. So now they started to service smaller wow. animals, servicing cats. Like before it was like about the cow and the horse and whatever because maybe this plantation owner was like i need you to keep this thing alive but that Mm -hmm. shifted because we don't need horses as much There's still veterinarians for obviously farm animals and stuff like that but i don't it's not like veterinarians sat together and was like let's create a pet industry but the result Mm -hmm. was a pet industry was created and it became like a a thing like this thing to have a like a Dog or a cat, and then also mm-hmm. it fed into the whole that white idea of a nuclear family of like the yes. two kids and a dog. You're you're being a successful person, white person mm-hmm. in a, in the USA right now. So it's it just it's this just the
0: American dream, exactly.
1: Right? And it's just classism, mm-hmm. racism. It just always just be like here I am. Yeah. <laughs> so that's yeah. kind of how the whole idea of like pets and this pet industry and seeing pet as like a luxury or a pet as mm-hmm. like a auxiliary arm of showing that you are a quality person or mm-hmm. a you know whatever that's how animals have owning animals shifted outside of service to now nah, I have a dog and it's the dog is mm-hmm. not here to do a job I just have a dog and I love this dog so that kind of shifted in like right the, the 30s and 40s which is not even that far away Mm -hmm. so that was interesting
0: it's also it makes me think a little bit about how now in my neighborhood in manhattan Mm -hmm. so i I grew up in the bronx Uh and you know people us growing up in the bronx people would have dogs but everybody didn't have dogs and like we said there would be whole buildings of black and brown people where you're not allowed to have a cat here you're not allowed to do this thing here And then in Manhattan, where I live, everybody has a dog. All of these white people. And they all live in apartments. Some of them, you know, probably big, maybe a decent size or Mm -hmm. whatever. But everyone in this neighborhood has a dog. It is the norm is to have a dog. Mm -hmm. It's not like when we were growing up, it was like, oh, that's so-and-so's dog. Or this one has a dog. Or that one has a dog. Like everybody here has a dog and it did represent like, like a bit of like luxury. Like I even had Mm -hmm. to, the, the times earlier in my ownership of Hennessy, in my relationship <laughs> with Hennessy
2: <laughs>
0: <laughs> when I would have to ask my mother hey can you watch this dog or whatever I would have to remind them sometimes like yo I didn't just wake up and decide oh I'm gonna go have a dog I took this dog in because my brother was going to abandon her or whatever yeah. right mm-hmm. and he was gonna find a home for her I'm sure but like I kept her in the family because yes. whatever like I'm not and, and I didn't decide to get a dog. And now I need you to watch my dog every five minutes because of this frivolous choice. But I say that frivolous choice is because that's what it seemed like. That's what it's like. You know what I'm saying? I even had to say to them once my mother and my stepfather, like, okay, I'm this This is how old I am. I will probably not have any children. You can't watch my fucking dog. Mm-hmm. If I had a kid... You, you And it's not like y'all are afraid or unfamiliar with dogs. If I had a kid, you would watch my fucking kid. Mm-hmm. If I had a kid and I needed things because i have a fucking kid you would help me but because i am a single grown bitch and i'm asking you to please watch my dog it's coming off like it's this burden like i'm asking you to do some shit that like how dare i even own a fucking dog Uh no one thinks about how dare you have a fucking kid that now we have to help you raise okay because that should be community or whatever but also (laughs) This is who I share a home with. Mm -hmm. Can you watch my fucking dog? You fucking know her. She's a part of the family. They do love Hennessy. But I have had to have that conversation. Like, I don't ask y'all for anything. You can't. This is is what I need help with. You can't help me with this? Mm -hmm. Every other nigga needs you to do some sort of fucking, I'm a breeder ass nigga. Can you help me with this fucking hetero shit? I'm asking you. Uh I'm a hetero person, but fuck that breeder shit. I'm asking you to watch my dog, son. You can't like you can't take her for a walk you was going outside anyway you can't like I've seen the pictures you love her you cuddle her okay mm-hmm. you can watch her for a few days yeah, all right I'm done but <laughs> yes that was.
1: <laughs> <laughs> what is this vacation just- that y'all going on y'all need it now <laughs>
0: I know, I need it right (laughs) away. I need it right away. But it's just like those things that, like, when we decide it's okay to be community, and when we Mm -hmm. decide, no, this is a burden, you know what I'm saying? So, Mm -hmm. anyway. Yeah okay
1: I wanted to I didn't do this at the top but I wanted to make sure that I credit where I got this information from it was from thebark.com and the article is called healing fought history african-americans and dogs
0: this is the article I asked you about I was like did you come across blah 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 and you said no that's the yeah that's the joshinda sanders I think yeah I didn't
1: look I don't yeah you said the names and I didn't know yeah. the names, so I didn't.
0: right so she does a lot of work around there was this article and then she's appeared in the root and had other conversations about our history with dogs and how her relationship with the dog as a black person has changed her life mm-hmm. and all of that shit so i got this from a lot of
1: what i'm going to say is what i said before is from that and a lot of what mm-hmm. i'm going to say now so also to, in america we've had a long history like people in poverty like thinking negative if they had a pet like why would you decide to take care of this other thing if you do not have money if you need government assistance if you need the aid of government whatever why do Mm -hmm. you even fucking have a pet um it also makes it makes me think of when people question that when they see houseless peoples with like dogs and stuff and it's like why why they can't have a dog like, what do you mean? Right. What are you talking about? Mm-hmm. So I'm going to just read from the article. I'm just read this piece. They appear to embrace positive benefits of pets keeping, like decreased loneliness, lower blood pressure, and increased socialization for middle and high income earners and families, while disparaging the impoverished who wish to experience animal companionship. So it's as if mm-hmm. we are not worth those things. We cannot have those things because of our income you are not allowed companionship in any way not even from Mm -hmm. an animal like all of these benefits that having a pet Mm -hmm.
0: garner that sounds like it's gonna make you happy yeah like i you You think you deserve
1: happiness yeah yeah so that's there's a lot of class i never thought about the classes and aspects Mm -hmm. in terms of like Fucking loving a dog or loving a cat. Mm-hmm. Like, mm-hmm. it's, you know, pretty ridiculous. I also learned that there was a period of time where if you were on government assistance, we will be called welfare, you could not own a dog. You can, no, mm-hmm. not even just a dog. You could not own a pet. And back mm-hmm. in the day, the caseworkers used to, I guess, do house visits. So you, like, whatever. But a part of why I think remember when you were talking about visually seeing black people love their pets in these ways that we visually yeah. see white people, lots of black people have owned pets throughout history, even mm-hmm. with, you know, being on welfare or whatever, but right. we will have to hide our yes. animals. We would have to not be in the
0: dishwasher. <laughs> and the washing machine
1: <laughs> used to have all this stuff
0: wasn't allowed yes. to have that shit yes out there. Yep.
1: so we couldn't love our pets out loud in these ways because if you were and i'm saying this because a lot of and throughout history black people have been a part of the lower income bracket let's be for real i'm not saying mm-hmm. we all are but like there's always someone who's mm-hmm. like yah, 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 so i just had to say mm-hmm. that right. but we couldn't love our animals out loud in those ways because if a lot of mm-hmm. us are on these public assistance and on these kind of programs especially like right after the depression everybody was on some kind of government something Right. Yeah. for yeah. you to keep your benefits you had to hide your pet and there was a woman mm-hmm. in an article that they talk about who says she remembers being a kid having to always hide their dog mm-hmm. and it wasn't like her family went on public assistance because the dad died and that's also when mm-hmm. women can't do as much and work the certain ways or have a baby right can count and do these things so the mother ended up on public assistance they already had a dog i'm gonna get mm-hmm. rid of my dog so i can have this dog I'm going through
0: tragedy now yeah. you know
1: so they to have to hide mm-hmm. their dog and i never thought about that like we couldn't literally mm-hmm. have these loud and proud relationships with our pets because that's a luxury that we were not supposed to even fucking have. Mm -hmm. So, you know, classism, racism, and all of that good shit. Stuff like that did stop in the seventies, but it does make me think of where I grew up. So where I live was mixed income. So some people had like a huge subsidy. Some didn't have a subsidy, you know, whatever. But I Mm -hmm. know that it was no dogs there because these low income people, why should they even have a dog here? Mm -hmm. And, You know, Mm -hmm. no one in my um, River Park Towers, like, listened. (laughs) Yeah. But I'm sure that that's why I was like, um, no, no dogs here. Like, Mm -hmm. no, because why? That's not a luxury that you should have. If you need this government subsidy, why would you even fucking have a dog? Why would you have Mm -hmm. a cat? Well, I would, you know, like whatever. So there's a lot in that and there, which I didn't really like. It's racism and classism and everything. But I didn't. I thought I was just gonna hear or find the general dogs were a part of a tool. Dogs were used as a tool for right. oppression, and that's why our relationship with dogs, and that's why this and this and that. And it's like, nah. I asked asses had dogs. I'm saying dogs specifically because of that weird relationship that mm-hmm. we have a dog. Yeah. But nah, motherfuckers had dogs. I'm mostly talking about urban areas, mm-hmm. but black people in rural areas had dogs. How would you work the land, do whatever with like like dogs are really like kind Mm -hmm. of essential to like shit like that yeah so yeah we have pets but then if you think about also rural rural black people a lot of times we had to just pick up and go just had to just pick up and go to avoid Mm -hmm. white supremacist violence because y'all at any time could erupt and honestly Mm -hmm. how when it when it comes to us picking up and just leaving a dog or cat or i don't know a hamster isn't a priority right now in this moment it's just not. So like our mm-hmm. lives here has been littered with so much of y'all bullshit that I think it's kind of like chopped up or made our relationships with animals just seem like this distant, mm-hmm. not similar thing. Like, and it's just like, nah, then like we mentioned earlier, just the idea of pet ownership or relationships with pet is through this very specific gays gaze, g-a-z-e that is very different for many people in this country we're specifically talking about mm-hmm. black people but i'm sure it's something different from somebody who is from india or somebody you know like it's Rare. just you know but here it's just like you're a pet owner and if you're a good pet owner then your dogs are like taking care of like oprah's dogs mm-hmm. and it's like nah like Mm -hmm. no so yeah so i'm just gonna kind of reiterate stuff i've already said but i just like the way that they wrote it in this article and they're talking about black people in harlem so many black people loved and cared about their pets but would simply hide them so they could keep receiving aid in spite of these barriers poverty and urban sitters did not preclude pet ownership Six years into the Great Depression, the New York Amsterdam News reported that although nearly half of Harlem's residents were receiving relief aid in some form, many residents still managed to keep pets, even if it meant sacrificing their own well-being. And then there's a quote from a man that I guess they used in that New York Amsterdam article, and a guy saying, the family pet lives in regal style dogs don't go begging in Harlem so like there's no way that black people don't like love cherish their animals like th- this man is like it's six years after the great depression shit is fucked up and mm-hmm. this person is like you know nah pets mm-hmm. they live regally here like dogs do not beg in right. Harlem like they good um, mm-hmm. So I just wanted to just read that just to, like, you know, black people
0: have pets, love pets, love a dog, right. love a cats, and all of that
1: shit. Mm-hmm. But mm-hmm.
0: Yeah. So, yeah, we're going to put the link to this article in the show notes. But Joshinda Sanders, I think she's been on podcasts and stuff talking about our relationship with dogs as well. Mm-hmm. But there's this quote. That i'm loose i'm just gonna fucking paraphrase I'm yeah. a quote. but um <laughs> listening to her work watching her work something that that struck me is hennessy has decided now to eat hard fucking food so you might hear <laughs> her chewing in the back but anyway something that has struck me was the way that she talked about seeing black people online like the TikToks and things videos of us engaging with our pets in ways that are just for delight, right? It doesn't serve anything. These pets are not, you know, they're not workers in any way. They exist just for us to love them and take care of them. And how seeing that is subversive because people... And we've talked about this black folks being this kind of surplus yes. class of people that like if we are not producing something that we exist merely to work and to feed into the white supremacist power structure and to serve the power structure and that if we're not doing those things, then we should either be in jail for free labor or dead in some way or whatever. And so for us to then be showing, exhibiting this kind of like unnecessary right, relationship with the animal mm-hmm. is subversive versive in some way and so again, we've been owning pets forever and I don't I don't like to talk about what we do and how we exist and how we live as subversion to like whiteness or the white gaze because we're just living. Yeah. This is what we do. You know what I'm saying? Yep. But the mm-hmm. fact is that we're being murdered and lots of white people think it's okay because they don't see us as human. Yes. And so it becomes subversive when you have, you know, white kids and other people on the internet seeing us do shit that they just didn't think that we fucking did. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So and it's fucking delightful i watched that fucking thread of them parents feeding those little feeding animals kibble by kibble it was one (laughs) with this this woman was feeding somebody's mama was feeding their dog kibble by kibble they weren't even treats it was the dog food just bit by bit (laughs) fucking adorable i could watch that shit for hours But yeah, there is something I think really special watching black people with pets. I fucking love it. Mm -hmm. I love having a pet. I'm glad that it's something that I was able to do. I do feel like it has enriched my life. And I'm thankful that I was able to survive quarantine with an animal who gave a shit about whether or not I lived or died, you know? And you know what else is cute? This is just another little tidbit or whatever, Mm -hmm. right? So my dog likes she really likes like my mom and she remembers my brother. Like she, these animals remember everything. Yeah, so she has a very special relationship with all these people, but we were hanging out, like just knowing that my dog actually fucks with me. You know what I'm saying? Like we'll be at my mom's house and she's like, no, okay. I've, I've looked around, I've hung out, but now I want to sit next to you. I want to be with you. Mm-hmm. You are my person. We came here together. Where are you going? Like that kind of energy. It's nice to have somebody or something that gives a fuck about you. And it's like a genuine, you know, kind of thing or whatever. It's really cute. So I love it. If you can get a pet, you should get one. They're great. Get one from a shelter. Yes. One of the twins, one of my nephews got a dog. And because of what we've been taught about who should have a dog, who shouldn't, my first thought was how can y'all afford? It's mad people there. How can y'all afford (laughs) to have a dog? You know, so that was a concern. And then I put that out of my head and thought about, like, how good it is. You know, my sister has cancer. Mm -hmm. My nephews, they go through stuff or whatever. It's nice. It's nice to have a dog around. It increases your endorphins and shit. It brings joy and happiness. So I'm glad they have that fucking pet. And when I find $20, I'll send it so that they can have, you know, food or snacks or whatever Mm. for the pet. But, yeah, yo, get a fucking animal, man. You know? All right, let's pay some black people.
2: Give me your fucking money! <laughs>
0: Can you tell people what our Pay Black Women, Pay Black People segment is about?
1: Yes, this is the segment where we highlight Black and Indigenous people impacted by Massage Noir. If you know a Black or Indigenous woman, Black or Indigenous non binary person, if you are a Black or Indigenous person impacted by Massage Noir, running a business, leading an initiative, or just somebody who needs to make ends meet or go on a vacation please send your submissions to T with Queen and J at gmail dot Who are we getting paid today?
0: Okay, this week we are highlighting Christina's Marine and Wildlife Volunteer Adventure. So this is a GoFundMe for Christina who hopes to become a veterinarian one day. And so before she does that, she just graduated from high school. And so she's looking to go on this kind of like exploratory adventure and to kind of build her skills up. Initially, she wanted, from what it looks like from the GoFundMe, initially she wanted to do like, a gap year before going to college but it sounds like a mixture of COVID and not being able to have the funds in time switch that up so she has accepted a scholarship to iowa state university of science and technology so she got a scholarship there so she's just going to go ahead Mm -hmm. and do that and then she plans to travel during her summer breaks to a bunch of these different like wildlife conservatories and things like that so christina says i'm an african-american young adult who has always loved caring for animals and often envisioned myself as a veterinarian. But did you know that black people make up only 2.1% of all veterinarians in the United States Even though the field is comprised of 12% of the workforce, according to the 2017 stats from the Bureau of Labor Statistics. That's interesting. Christina says, I would like to represent a statistical anomaly. Veterinary medicine is the path I plan to take going to college. That being said, I want to receive all the hands-on experience one can get during the next eight years of college. As a result, my parents and I designed an itinerary for my travels, Christina's Marine and Wildlife Volunteer Adventure. To give me the experience and the exposure I need to be the best doctor I can be, I'll be spending a combined total of six months abroad learning how to provide medical care, rescue efforts, and rehabilitation to threatened marine and wildlife animals around the world. So Christina is going to Belize south africa costa rica ecuador and so she's going to those countries and visiting about six different wildlife rescue and conservation facilities so her goal is to raise 15k in order to fund this trip she's currently at about uh, Mm 3600 we're going to put the link to the gofundme in the show notes but if you search christina's marine wildlife volunteer adventure You will find that or what I put in was African-American and pets. And and that's what came up because I wanted to see like what people were doing. Because based on what we was talking about, like we like having pets in my history. It has been difficult for me to eat three meals a day and take care of my dog. Mm -hmm. That has been a challenge, but I deserve to have a fucking dog because we fucking love each other. So I wanted to find other people who perhaps, you know, needed other black people who perhaps needed funding to take care of their dogs or whatever, or pet. Or I keep saying dogs, but any kind of pet. Mm-hmm. And it was hard to I know it exists on GoFundMe, but it was hard to filter that down on GoFundMe. And we'll talk more about that later. <laughs> but <laughs> this I thought was really exciting. I really like how they have put together this itinerary to make sure that Christina yeah. gets everything, everything that she wants to get yeah. in a learning experience since she wasn't able to do her gap year. And so yeah, so that's exciting. So help a young black person out. They're trying to be a veterinarian i think that's fucking dope i would love to go to one of these fucking conservatories that sounds mad exciting and yeah i love this this is some shit i would never imagine as a person her age i would have never thought i could do all of this shit at all i'm probably impressed I'm yeah like, they made an yes. itinerary what? i love it wow i love it i love it i love that like let's make an itinerary for some shit that you can't afford to do okay yeah for something you're dreaming about that's like what And yes i love it yeah that's amazing i fucking love it so yeah so we'll put the link to that in the show notes please help support christina in her endeavors because she deserves to be able to do all of this shit because we all fucking do yep. though mm-hmm. so that is that let's Throw somebody in the motherfucking pit. Are you ready? Yes, I am ready to throw a motherfucker in the pit. Who the fuck is this asshole? Say what again? Say what again? I dare you. I double dare you, motherfucker. Say what one more goddamn
1: time. All right. So the pit is a segment where we throw anything that's fucking with our black joy, the people, places, and things that are not worthy of a libation, just don't make us happy, aren't giving us joy, go in too yes so who are we throwing in the pit this week
0: so we're throwing a few people in the pit i will say the two of us we believe in scam life as long as you're not like scamming actual individual you know people
1: yeah corporations scam them shits
0: yeah scam them yes scam away right because what listen there's ethics which the u.s this country doesn't believe in or whatever like we know what ethics and shit are Mm -hmm. yeah and like you can live by a code you can have ethics and still be a scammer yeah so anyway yeah we say that to say that we believe in scam life if you're gonna scam though if you're gonna scam come correct with the scam don't play in our faces all in our face <sighs> thank you so we were putting this episode together and i was like yo i know it's people out here with pets who can't afford to do the stuff they want to do for their pets black people in particular yes. right so let me go on twitter where we be or whatever silently sometimes but let me go on twitter and let me see yo is anybody who you know needs any other any black people right looking to take care of the pet who need this that or whatever right Mm -hmm. drop your cash app your Venmo, whatever send us a dm with what you need right let me tell you the floodgates for the scam are open it's like these people have an alarm set (laughs) they have an alarm set on their phone they have Google alerts set <laughs> for drop your Cash App, put your Venmo. It was people who never heard of us. It was like who we were not retweeted into their timeline. They yeah. found yes. it. They looked for Cash App. Yes. Okay. It's people who spend all day on Twitter. All their tweets are them asking, asking for money because they're in some sort of emergency. It's people who was hitting us up who didn't even have an animal. You never had an <laughs> no, animal. No, that's okay.
1: quote. The person was like, "I don't know anything about pets, but I need money to go out
0: of town." <laughs> that at least that was an honest no, scam. That's what I. It was people, that's what We appreciate. Yes, that we one was like, "I actually might have twenty dollars towards your weekend." Okay, <laughs> but it was other people who was trying to convince us they had pets, who couldn't send us a picture of their pet, couldn't send us a picture of, of them, them with, with the, pet. the pet. Right? Here's Which, my like, sister with this other the- dog. What, dude? Huh, dude. It was so. If weird. you're gonna scam, just send me a picture with any black person in their pet and call it, and a, call day. it a day. What? What is all of this like? Who are you people? So that's why I was like, are y'all? Are these actual? Just are these just bots with no person behind? you? Are these <laughs> just like Autobots. And they just look for Cash App, and they try and have oh a conversation gosh. with me, but they're robots, so they can't fully fulfill the scam. Because I'm like, this is an easy scam. Yeah, it was
1: easy. You could have not easily. We can't even do this. Yeah, it
0: was weird. It was strange. It was scammers warning us about other scammers. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> it was wild it was, so it was wild, wild. We just and we spent to... so much time on social media <sighs> like i've never we seen spend a lot of time them. on social media we're familiar with the bots we're familiar with the scams the way the floodgates were open for this scam it was just it was a lot and we don't even care like oh. if you sent us a picture of you and somebody else's dog and as long as you're a black person scamming we don't give a fuck. We would—that was what we decided we was doing that night. Exactly. If you made me believe you had a fucking animal and you was trying to get them food, but you ain't have it, we was gonna cash out. Yeah, me. it
1: was. Yeah, that's what
0: we. But it was so much game playing. It was so much game playing. I think one person was able to potentially scam us out of a dog cage, and I'm okay with that. Yeah. I don't know if she has a pet. I do know that she's the same black person on Twitter. As she is on Cash (laughs) App. I that. Maybe she has a pet. Maybe Maybe she she doesn't. doesn't. I don't really care. I don't even care. Okay? I don't even care that I gave a black woman whatever the fuck it that she needed wild. in that moment i don't even care but like yo have some respect for yourself <laughs> and scam scam like you give a damn okay <laughs> scam like you give <laughs> a damn oh i just couldn't handle as somebody who respects a good scam i just couldn't handle all the game playing so much game playing so there's that i just wanted to you know throw that out there it was a lot. throw them in the pit it was a lot it was i just a lot.
1: we was like we don't get this much engagement ever on twitter ever what the fuck ever is this? but
0: it's people sitting there waiting for somebody to be like drop your cash app <laughs> drop your venmo it's like oh my yeah, that gosh what wild. is this That shit. Was what wild. is this Wow. so yeah beware the scammers it's really not hard to spot a scammer because there's so many people who don't give a damn about the scam and they don't care mm-hmm. they do not care yeah. so yeah don't don't get scammed. It's like a warning that you don't need because the scammers, yeah, they're not they're not good at this. Yeah. They're not good at At least
1: this. those scammers were not.
0: Those scammers for that particular yeah, scam are were not, not good. So
1: I guess you threw a pet in the situation and they were just like, Oh, they yeah. just were saying anything. Like this makes no sense.
0: It was really wild. I'd never seen no shit like that before. The
1: one person was like, we were like, hey, could you send a picture? And it was like, oh, my cat sleeps all day. So here's a picture of this cat.
0: Yeah, we know. Where's the fucking picture? I'm like, where's it? Cat- you know how many pictures cat I have sleep- of He's sleeping?
1: Same. I have so many all pictures. In all different positions. How is it so difficult for you to find a picture of your pet? I, It's, I, not. it's not. It's not.
0: You're just a scammer. Scammer. A, scammer, a scammer or like a 10-year-old or a 12-year-old okay who doesn't fully know how to scam
1: yeah who doesn't know how to scam yes yeah. yes for sure for sure yeah for or for is not sure.
0: allowed or is in there somebody else's phone and is not allowed to freaking like access the photo drive something they're trying to hurry up and get the, the dm out
1: it was strange
0: uh, it was shameful so yeah so that's my pit who are you throwing in the pit this week speaking of scams who yes you got?
1: i am also throwing another scammer into the pit but this scammer is potentially dangerous okay Mm. okay this scammer Mm -hmm. is trying to fool people into believing that they're an actual new yorker and i'm fed the fuck Mm -mm. up with you andrew yang okay this is for you Mm. you are in the pit i'm tired of you trying to i understand all politicians pander yes of course that is a part of your job interview process i guess Mm -hmm. but The way you are trying to pander, like not a, well, he probably has policies that he's talked about that I haven't listened to because I'm just so upset Mm -hmm. with the New York pandering and proving you're from New York and I'm a New Mm -hmm. Yorker and I'm going to take a picture right here at 161st Street train station. You don't even live in the Bronx. What the fuck Mm -hmm. are you doing? He's like, it's just really grinding my gears. New York City has had mayors who are not from New York City mayor david dinkins was not from new york city he was from jersey you know so it's Mm -hmm. the way that you are going hard and we love that man oh my god up and down we love that man his flashy suits
0: (laughs) his flashy fucking suits. that was was, the original tan suit right
1: exactly Mm -hmm. you know what i'm saying like he so some of the things that he has done to convince us that he is this you know true blood new yorker there was a video of him and what he called a bodega all new yorkers mm-hmm. love their bodegas and he's like in this store shopping and it is clearly not a corner store, not a, bodega. A, corner store not a bodega it, it, it looks Seven Eleven ish the lighting is Good. the lighting is way too bright that looks mm-hmm. like fucking tiled floors mm-hmm. the fucking the freezer thing doesn't have doors. Our freezers usually have doors. We do the flap, the ones with the flappy mm-hmm. things. That's a little fancy. That's not a yeah. bodega, okay? <laughs> like you fancy. know, with the flappy strips. Not that's not a bodega. We usually have the doors Yeah, I know what you're talking about. The cat mm-hmm. is usually in there because he was in like a market yes was he was weird. in a market and you could be in a the market there are markets in yeah. new york you could have just been saying he your policy did everything shit
0: he did and just everything he been bodega. doing he could have just been doing it just stop trying to tell me that you're a native new, york. new yorker stop trying to tell me you're so familiar with these streets no stop it no so there just was that it.
1: he even did a remix of that because everyone yelled at him so he went to another place that was a little more bodega-ish but it's like we don't know that's not okay then there was another time where he took a picture of himself on on the a train and the a train mm-hmm. is a train that actually it does go through a lot of new york city it goes from queens to brooklyn to manhattan and then that's that's it
2: mm-hmm.
1: which is a lot of that's a lot of new york city for that train to go but where that a train does not go mm-hmm. is to the bronx and he sat on that fucking I a know, train and had a caption that said i'm on a bronx bound a train the a train the, all my life has not gone to the bronx ever that, mm-hmm. that is the D train, per- yeah. sir. So it was just like, he could have just said he was riding a train. It's his trying to intentionally, and always it always lying. fucks up and comes yeah. out wrong. And it's like, no, that's not, that's not what happened. There was another mm-hmm. time when he pretended that he was talking to New Yorkers, I guess, and having conversation with New Yorkers. And he's like, you know what? I always hear, I keep hearing, I hear from so many mm-hmm. people what who are you friends that New Yorkers want to get rid of street vendors because the street vendors that the are, street
0: vendors are a problem
1: are a problem Why? and they're competing with the business of stores and if you, you know the history to? if you were in New York City Giuliani time when mm-hmm. we was fucking kids and in Harlem there used to be street vendors all the time and there was like big Bart. protests fight people like mm-hmm. basically like a mini uprising because Giuliani mm-hmm. came into Harlem and was like no street vendors and it was like this big thing and like People were like fighting to keep their little section of no, this is where I sell my Mm -hmm. bags, or this is what, like. Mm That's not just some casual thing you just bring up for people who Word. have lived in New York their whole life and remember, mm-hmm. especially a black person, and remember Word. that people were, like, criminalized for mm-hmm. fucking, it was, like, a, it was like basically, like, a vendor gentrification. Like, they yeah, made all the It vendors. was, because
0: then they were all moved to that little mart on 116. Exactly. And that mart, first of all, can't hold all the vendors, and a part of why the vendors were so beloved is because they're right there. If I have to walk to 116th to see a bunch of vendors, now it's a store. You know what I'm saying? Now I have to go into basically a store to shop these vendors when before everybody was in this one central location that spanned the strip it could be a vendor in front of any market yeah and usually they was not selling the same shit that, that they were selling in the, the shop store. but that all paved way a lot of those businesses that were allegedly saying we don't want vendors they're not even there no more no. because it was about gentrifying that block yep. gentrifying that area yep. and you can't have vendors you cannot have big places big businesses the disney store all those things that hit harlem when gentrification was first happening mm-hmm. over there you can't have them if there are black people if there are black vendors specifically black vendors yes. in front of their business doing whatever exactly. you know
1: yep. so like no one said that you
0: are making up. Nobody, said that said, that. Nobody said that. said All the things that are and happening in New York. If somebody said it, it was corporate people. And why are you telling us that? Why are you That's, telling us that? Are you, what are you tweeting that? They're
1: probably not New Yorkers either. They're corporate people. Their class right. is different. And of all the things that I, we are in still in a state of civil unrest. And you talking right. about vendors? Like New York vendors? also is a city that is very known for police brutality harm from the police. Mm -hmm. We've had huge amounts of protests, right? Always have had huge amounts of protests, honestly, when it comes to police Mm -hmm. violence and shit like that. And you talking about people are talking about defunding the police and you're talking about
0: fucking vendors, vendors my nigga. on Twitter. Where's the population on Twitter that's tired of the vendors? Those I are usually that that population is usually racist who be tired of like shit that doesn't affect them at all. Every, they're tired of everything. Who was that for? So I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. That was weird. Yeah. Then lying. most recently, this
1: scammer was on Mr. Um, show called Z-Way. Z-Way yes Mm -hmm. she's interviewing him and her spiel is that she likes to like trip people up and like kind of make you look silly while she's doing the interview that's a part of her comedic Mm -hmm. spiel or whatever and so she asks him like you know oh you listen to hip-hop you know whatever who do you listen to he says the names that are easy to say Mm jay-z Nas. uh you know Mm -hmm. he doesn't do that but i feel like that's Mm -hmm. that's his personality you know you know know, the classics You you know The big mm-hmm. hitters. Uh, <laughs> so she asks, okay, oh, okay, cool. Um, what's your favorite Jay-Z song? And he's like, uh, uh. He doesn't know his favorite Jay-Z song. He's looking in the air. Yeah. Like, maybe he one of his people, he expects him to say something. The thing like, is Just this.
0: give us one that you heard of before. before like, you do, if you could just name one. He has a song where he's talking
1: about New York. That would have been perfect and went, continued your scam because you're so New York. And it's through and through, even though none of us New Yorkers, at least not the black ones, care for that song.
0: (laughs) I don't really know. No one likes that song. Whatever song. No one was expecting him to pick a song that we liked, okay? We already know you're a scammer. Yes. All you had to do was name a Jay-Z song. That's all you had to do. That's it. That's it. That's But maybe he was so afraid that we was going to tear him to shreds for his selection that he didn't name one. But I really think he just couldn't name one. He
1: just needs to stop pretending It is okay to just, you know, run on your policies. There is
0: a whole entire former police officer, beloved, I will say, Mm -hmm. running for mayor, right? So Eric Adams is a black dude people are for. oh he's the one we was clowning for that old school clip that popped up or whatever right
1: yeah it was in our patreon episode yeah
0: oh okay yeah. all right cool mm-hmm. so he is a former cop the whole entire cop running he is the other guy who is like one of the front runners yeah. to potentially be mayor right so there are people even though he was a cop formerly a cop or whatever who still have this feeling of like he's somebody that we know mm-hmm. he's somebody we're familiar with he doesn't have a history of being a fucking abuser. per se and now he's trying to he's trying to kind of spin it his history as a cop and i mean i believe him but nobody wants to hear that shit but kind of just talk about that he became a cop because he was abused by cops and Mm -hmm. wanted to change things from the inside which a lot of that that is a A a politic that people have that's not a foreign politic and he talks about being a target for police officers within the nypd as somebody who wasn't Down for police brutality or whatever, which we have also heard of. So I don't not believe him, but also, are you okay? Cool. Are you ready to defund the police now? You know what I'm saying? So, like, that's been a thing. And because he is one of the front runners, the fear is like, if I vote, and it's a lot of people running for mayor. So I'm sure I could find somebody who fucks with my politics, right? Mm -hmm. If I give my vote in this situation to the person who most aligns with my politics, which is, which would not be the cop. And, and not Andrew Yang or whatever, right? Is Andrew fucking Yang gonna end up being the actual mayor of New York City? Am, am I gonna have to fucking vote for the cop? You know what I'm saying? Am I gonna have to vote for the fucking cop? Like, mm-hmm. it's different to me when we're talking about like presidential primaries, right? To me, in that instance, vote your fucking dreams and at the end of the day, you know, if the person who you decided you wanna be the candidate doesn't win, you at least still have the opportunity to vote for the other guy Mm -hmm. that you don't fucking hate pick the lesser of evils or whatever in this situation if i vote my dreams andrew yang could end up being the freaking mayor of new york for four years Mm -hmm. and we've already endured his ridiculous antics and lying
1: yeah it's 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 ridiculous and also honestly he's to me he's only really the front runner because he's the most popular person because he also ran for president before that's the only, like that's the familiar right. name um right. if you're not in tune with I only know of Eric Adams because my mother remembers that name and when I mentioned like oh um that uh, mm-hmm. the Brooklyn borough president was at afropunk that time some years ago my mother's like oh Eric mm-hmm. so that you know so unless you're a New Yorker right. like that who just kind of like my mother doesn't even engage age politics but she just knew that mm-hmm. this black man is you know whatever she's right. I seen him on the news and this, this and that mm-hmm. andrew Yang, since new york also has so many of you motherfuckers that ain't from here
0: mm-hmm. <laughs> right andrew yes.
1: Yang might be the person because of that oh this is a name i know and mm-hmm. you won't even look into these other candidates yeah. i'm not for eric but that is a person who is from new york who has been here who
0: mm-hmm. has we wouldn't say this vendor shit He wouldn't say this. He would not, (laughs) not for one second. That's the thing. Cause that's what there's no, there is nothing. I would put so much money on whether Eric would say any shit like that. He would not. You don't say that as a black New Yorker who rides for black New Yorkers. So like, honestly, my only issue right now with Eric is that cop shit. Yes. You know, that cop shit. Are you ready to defund the police? That's important right now. But am I, the other thing is, am I willing to sacrifice fucking Andrew fucking Yang being the mayor of New York over Eric Adams because Eric not only has a history of being a cop, but he hasn't said defund the police. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. I don't know. It's getting, it's getting very much like I might elect a cop for me. It's getting very (laughs) like, I don't know, Mm -hmm. you know, and there's value. And as people who are really like, let's defund the police. Let's abolish the police or whatever. It's very, I think it's still important to acknowledge like how relevant it is to know that I could put money on the fact that Eric would not be like fucking, we got to get rid of street vendors. You know what I'm saying? Like that, that speaks to me being able to put money on something like that. That's, that's kind of. I think important When's the last time you was able to think about somebody, somebody like who could be mayor Yeah. who actually, there are things about them that you can trust culturally, not just because they're a black person, mm-hmm. but because they are a black New Yorker who understands black New York shit. You know what I'm saying? So I don't know. That kind of sounded like a campaign speech, but Andrew <laughs> Yang is trying to get me to vote for this fucking cop.
1: I am also because we already had three terms of a mayor who came from a corporate business space and saw the city right. as a corporation business. How can I make more money for the city? How can I, you know, like in that very, very, and I'm sure other politicians do this too, but it mm-hmm. was just so apparent with Bloomberg. He like even fucking made a, a third right. term for himself. Like, and I, Andrew Yang who comes, does that. Yeah, yeah. Andrew, although he's not as rich as Bloomberg, is also a person who comes from the corporate CEO business space. Right. And I don't know, I don't think I don't want another CEO running my city. Yeah. Like I don't, mm-hmm. it it's not a great thing. For. all right. it did was make the poverty the wage gap even greater also Giuliani did start some of that too he was a like politician politician not like a CEO politician yeah. or whatever but like mm-hmm. no this city has already been through enough I don't need someone's gonna come in there and they're thinking about numbers and not people and Andrew is yeah. numbers 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 <laughs> like at least these other people mm-hmm. seem to like care about people like even when i look at his campaigns andrew james campaigns he he tries to show like i'm a people person but it looks awkward to me right. like it's, i don't know it's just like i'm not yeah. a number i am a new york city resident i'm a person i you know like whatever so that's why i i, I was over it when he hit him. me
0: with the street vendor shit i was <laughs> like you know what this is too much this is too much but again there are mad people running for mayor if you are a new yorker there is somebody you will be able to find somebody whose politics align with yours Mm -hmm. so they are there my concern again is like if i vote my dreams and andrew becomes president like i mean president fucking they do be doing that though new york mayor you can fucking run. No, and, president that, and after but
1: that's that the thing too. This is this is it's
0: a big deal. This
1: is his path to that. A lot of people like right. to be a mayor of New York because it's a popular city. If you can mm-hmm. manage New York City, then you can make it mm-hmm. here. You can make it it's, anywhere. Right.
0: The big cities make it pop. Yes. Yeah.
1: So it's like okay, you couldn't be the president, so let me get some like if I become a mayor of New York. And I can Mm -hmm. like mayor this place and it might make the rest of the country trust that I can run this country. And it's like, don't be using my city as a pawn in your game and fucking up with my people because this is like some pawn on your career path to presidency of this shitty ass country anyway. They're trying
0: to make the cop look sexy. Andrew's making the cop look mad sexy. (laughs) He's making the cop look sexy. (laughs) he's making him look sexy i don't even i i came into this knowing oh that's the cop that's a wrap for that i'm not doing that but the way the polls are looking Mm -hmm. i don't know (laughs) i don't ever i don't want to like like when i become that nigga i don't want them to be like so back in 2021 tell us about your vote for uh police officer eric adams i am
1: like, huh? Your explanation makes sense what? though, so you'll be fine.
0: Facts, it does. It fine. does. Nobody cares about nuance though, but <laughs> Andrew's making the cop look sexy.
1: <sighs> oh gosh. Well, they're in a the pit. Those scammers in a pit. Andrew's in a pit. Yeah.
0: And
1: um good riddance. Or come back with a better scam.
0: Good riddance, yo. One of the two.
1: Not Andrew. Good, good, good riddance. riddance. Andrew. Other people step your scamming up. Okay. Step that yeah, shit do up better better.
0: all right we did a motherfucking episode we love talking about our pets yo send us pictures of your pets i think i want that preferably in a t-mail i think
1: yeah in a t-mail it's just easier yeah
0: yeah, yeah. That, that, that's what i would prefer if you could send us a t-mail with a picture of you and your dog if you are a black person actually if you are a non-white person send us pictures of you and your dog if you're white you can send us pictures of your dog that's cool your pet Whoever your pet is, mm-hmm. we want to see your pets. And everybody else we wanna see pictures of you with your pets. Yeah. So yeah, if you could send us your T Mail, T with Queen and J at gmail dot com. We would love to see that shit. We might share it on social media. But that shit gives us joy. It makes us happy. It does. You know. Actually, white people, you can send us pictures of you and your dogs too. We just won't share it anywhere. We'll just look at it <laughs> and smile. Cause we like seeing people happy with their animals. Yeah.
1: So. Oh, you just made me think. What you call it died recently? No. Who? Bo. Who? The Obama. dog. Oh, I know. Bo, their black dog. Yeah. I
0: know. Yeah. I know. It's sad. sad. Rest in peace. I think it's Bo. I don't
1: know. They had two dogs. So I don't know
0: which one. Yeah. Moment of silence. Mm-hmm. Nah, it was Bo. It okay. was Bo that passed away. They had Bo, and then they got the other dog because Bo was in the White House by by himself. Was oh. lonely because black people and care about animals and
1: they're like you need a that's friend right.
0: that's right That's because Michelle we're a presidential family would up- and we
1: will be doing too yep. much
0: so you need a friend facts you need a friend she said she would set up play dates because bo was by himself play dates to make sure that bo could play with like another other dogs Aww. yeah so they had to i love that so fucking cute
1: then y'all voted a president who didn't even like pets trump ain't had no animal
0: disgusting that's how you know this whole country is alive (laughs) you have all these people around this country making out with their dogs (laughs) having their dogs put their feet having their cats put their feet in a potato salad okay (laughs) and you're gonna elect a president who don't even fuck with Animals? animals yeah okay whatever yeah Anyway, be sure to follow us on all the <laughs> social media. We are on Instagram and Twitter at T with QJ. We are on Facebook and Tumblr, T with Queen and J. You can check out our website, T with Queen and And you can send us your T tea mail, T with Queen and J at gmail.com. Again, we're looking for a social media manager, social media associate. associate. Help up if you are black and interested. Let us know what's good. And anything else?
1: No? that's it we've done it
0: this podcast was created hosted and produced by a black girl named janicia and a black girl named naima with editorial support from a black girl named candace
1: tea with queen and jay we turn up responsibly
0: meow (laughs) hey let me tell y'all something right here right now about the public pp game it's all about finding that right spot and then once you find that right spot you cock that leg up and then you cock the other leg up players this is how I get it done, you know what I'm saying? Because I don't like to get pee on my ankles, man. A lot of dogs be out here peeing on their ankles, man. Then they be walking around your house with the pee-pee ankles. Not your boy, that's disgusting, you feel me?